Hello and welcome to Media MD. It's the final checkup, the final Media MD appointment. I thought we would do. Okay, I'm gonna. I mean, you're editing this one, so it'll be up to you whether you make yourself sound stupid with that final countdown. <laughs> but I thought it'd be funny if we did like a like a music mashup where it's our Media MD heartbeat kind of song intro, but with the final countdown i don't know i mean you're editing it and also you write the music so it's going to be up to you whether this <laughs> happens or not i feel like i just so i guess I feel just like delete I just this bit or whatever yeah well we have all the pieces now right i'll just combine yeah. i'll combine Sorry, myself. yeah <laughs> get a clean take of the of the final countdown bit oh well, no we need to both do it all right ready count count me in okay three two one no it sounded perfect from my end Okay. Anyway, I was just saying before we started recording, Elliot, this is the thing I'm going to miss the most about <laughs> MediaMD <laughs> is the fact that of all the podcasts we do have done, whatever, it's the one that was always the most chill, like the yeah. most chill vibes, and we could just literally do random shit. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if people liked it. It was the least listened to of all our podcasts as well. <laughs> I shouldn't say was like it's already dead. It's not dead yet. <laughs> yeah, this episode might take off. <laughs> Yeah, what if this episode goes really well, and then every episode we have to start with a Final Countdown-themed intro? (laughs) Anyway, um, for those of you who didn't know that this show was ending, (laughs) welcome to the show. Yes, uh, Uh, this is our our final checkup. Uh, Yeah, we're wrapping MediaMD up. We sort of talked about it in the last episode, but... We we aren't really able to give it the time it deserves with the with the format that we have and uh yeah things are changing over at the Doofcast which is uh Doof's you know premier uh variety <laughs> sort of show so we're yes. we're going to be moving over there a bit more and doing yeah stuff we're going to be doing more Doofcast episodes I mean it's been a little bit weird to have two shows on the Doofcast that are basically just like talk about random shit every yeah. week and so we've decided that we're going to wrap up media md and take a more active role in the Doofcast and talk about random shit on there kind of give that a bit of a more chill chilled out vibe australian yeah. laid back laissez-faire <laughs> kind of style i mean speaking um, of chilled out like it's not official yet but just to just to put extra pressure on on making it happen uh mm-hmm. we are hoping to do a legend of chorus season two episode oh, yeah. uh to celebrate us coming on to the Doofcast more um we obviously did the original Avatar, Avatar show season, season by season, and yeah. then season one of Legend of Korra. And uh, since for some reason nobody wants to pay money to listen to us talk about season two of Korra, uh, I'm hoping to use this as an excuse to get that out of the way. So while we're on the topic of Korra, and we'll get to the actual content that we've planned for this episode in a little <laughs> bit, but while we're on the topic of Korra, I got to say, so Janet Varney is the the lady who did Cora's voice, and I first knew her through Cora, but then I, I've listened to other podcasts and stuff with her and all kinds of things, and she's like a really funny comedian and stuff, but it's so weird to hear someone that just sounds like Cora doing other <laughs> things. To me, right, because Cora like, wasn't really a comedy character. No. She was pretty no. serious. Yeah, but, but you know, so f- as an example, um, the trailer for the... Uh, Hogwarts Adventure Zone season that's going on at the moment. She did the voice for that, right? Um, because she's friends. She does another podcast with Travis, one of the one of the Mbim Bam brothers, um, the McElroy brothers. And it's just so funny to me to hear somebody talk in Cora's voice. Like, and it's weird because I don't have this experience with any other voice actors or actresses. It just is this one that, like, for some reason, <laughs> I just can't not 
hear it as Cora. It's so weird. And I watched a video of her just like, you know, as as people do, putting out kind of COVID-esque content. And it was just Cora's voice. And I don't know what it is. It just really <laughs> gets to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get that with some actors or actresses. Like, most of the time, it? if you grew yeah. up with someone in a role or something, the first yeah, time you see them in something it else, it can take you, like, a fair while. Like, it took me most of Mindhunter before I stopped seeing... Um, Jonathan Groff as King George III from I, Hamilton. No, I, I don't know what that means. Um, from Hamilton! Elliot, have you not listened to Hamilton? No. What is wrong with you? What the fuck? How can we have finished Media MD and I haven't made you listen to Hamilton? Um, I saw it on All Disney right. Plus, so I've been meaning can to we check it Can we do one more episode? Can we do one more episode? Yeah, no. Um, Hamilton, obviously, I, you must have heard of it. I know you're somewhat into musicals, so this is baffling to me. Will, it's obviously great. I mean, this is that thing. I refuse to listen to soundtracks and musicals until I've seen the musical. Um, well, it's on Disney Plus. Just watch it, you weirdo. Anyway, Jonathan Groff is a major. It's like fourteen hours character. long, isn't it? Like, it's three hours long, which is a normal musical length. Yeah, so that's don't true. Go all like that. It's great. You'd love it. It's got David Diggs in it, who is amazing. Who everyone probably knows from that one episode of Kimmy Schmidt, where he raps history to her college class, <laughs> and he's great. Um. Anyway, well, yeah. What are I, we talking about? <laughs> I was just saying that. It, well, I, sorry, I was going to say. Um, yeah. Sorry. It took me. Uh, like most of Mindhunter, to stop seeing Anna Torv as right. uh, her character from Fringe. From Fringe, yeah. Um, maybe, like, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like if you if you know someone from a, a strong role and you don't see them in that much other stuff, they yeah. don't get a chance to be like something else to you, right? Yeah, but um, there's been one or two where no matter how many other things I see them in, they're still the original role for whatever I, reason. So interestingly. Thinking about it, I would have said J.K. Simmons for that as, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, Spider-Man. because that is such an iconic character. But he's also Tenzin in Legend of Korra, and I have no problem seeing him as Tenzin. So. <laughs> I actually really struggle to hear that being the same person, yeah. Like, I know yeah. I, I know yeah. academically that it's him, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I can't hear it. No, I, I love it. It's great. And then he's also in, like, Whiplash and a few other things that are, like, kind of J. Jonah Jameson, but pretty d- different enough that you can kind of let it go. Um, so what do we do on this kind of <laughs> annual? So for those of you who've been listening to, to MediaMD for a while, you know that we do our annual episodes where we basically go through and talk about all the stuff that we've talked about in the past. Yeah, um, after 10 minutes of bullshit. Yeah, well, it's only been seven and a half, so <laughs> we've still got a few, <laughs> a few minutes of bullshit left before we have to start. Anyway, we're just going to basically revisit things from the past, um, past episodes especially things that have had like additional seasons or we didn't get to watch a full thing, yeah. revisit it, talk about any news with it or how our thoughts of it have evolved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but before we actually do that, the, the fun part, uh, mm. some of the bullshit, I guess, is uh, mm. Elliot's statistical analysis of the year. Um, what, what, what? I, I'm sure there's somebody who looks forward to this. Oh, Let us know. my favorite part every year. Um. Yeah, so basically I've gone through and, um, you know, thanks to our objectively perfect uh, 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. rating system, mm-hmm. uh, we're able to sort of compare how we are at uh, can, recommending stuff. So Can I just, just pause you for a second there? Yeah. Have we ever given anything a 10 out of 10? No. We've given out two 9.5s. Interesting. All right. Okay. Should we? Well, okay. Nah, never mind. No. I mean, I'm happy with us having never given a 10. I think a 10 
if you give out a 10 in a te- out of 10 rating system, you failed to account for, you've, you've set a cap on the best possible thing that you can ever experience. And that's just depressing, right? Like, yeah. You're basically yeah. saying, I can never experience something better than this. And I don't want to have that experience. Yeah, that's true. Then you've peaked. It's all downhill yeah. from there. Yep. Um, or I guess it could be lateral. That's best case. Anyway. Mm, um, true. So, it's all consistent from there. <laughs> so, Ruben, uh, well, I guess the first step is uh, usually you try and have a guess as to who, uh, you know, got an a-, a higher average score. Uh, Hasn't it been me every time? <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, no, yeah, you're, you're right. It has been. And is it me this time? Yes. <laughs> Oh, um, I'm sad this show is ending, Elliot. It makes me happy. <laughs> but this time Ooh. I have extra numbers to to back up uh, the theory that I, I posited. Is that the word here? Posited mm. last year um, as mm. to why that is. Uh, yeah. So basically I got a flat out eight as my average, like 8.00 nice. um, is the average Pretty score good. you gave the stuff I recommended to you. Uh, you got an 8.31. Nice. So you, you're 0.31 better, but... Mm-hmm. Because we had so many guests this year, what I was able to do was compare the scores that we give the guest stuff, right? Mm. So, like, on average, I give the guest oh. stuff a, a 0.44 higher ranking higher than, than me. Yes. Interesting. So, what the data actually reveals is it's not that the quality of the stuff you recommend is better. It's that I, just I just have, have lower a, standards. Yeah. And, or my, I, I weight things a little bit lower on the out of 10 scale. Yeah, yeah, basically. So, like, once you factor that in and you account for the error bars, which are already so enormous that this shouldn't really matter anyway, it's basically effectively a tie. Um, Should I guess this is the right time for us to reveal, Elliot, that Dr. MD, the character that we've been talking about for four (laughs) years, is actually his doctor is in statistical analysis. And the whole point of this show has been to analyze the differences in rating scores that we give. So... That whole yes. mystery has been resolved. Yeah, stay um, tuned for the uh, the the paper that will be published in mm-hmm. Science Journal soon. Is that um, is that a yeah. is that a real science journal? I, I feel like there's something called the New Scientist. That's like a yeah yeah. Uh, is yeah. that a? I think it's a magazine though. I don't think it's a journal. I don't know. We're, we're clearly on top of this. All right. Yeah. So. I mean, we're not the scientists. It's Doctor MD over there. <laughs> yeah. So don't um, complain to us. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so technically the winner for the year was actually uh, Matt, who mm. who scored an, a nine average uh, between With. the Magnus Archives and uh, Terminators one and two. Mm. Um, yeah, good on him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, we were we were pretty close this year. Uh, who was the highest scoring? And tell me, yeah. maybe you don't have this data, and I'm just putting you on the spot. But let me know who was the highest scoring uh, audience prescription. Oh, yes. Uh, was it Little Shop of Horrors? It was, actually, yes. Yeah, I thought it was. That was great. That was a great one. So I can't remember who prescribed that. That was Aqua Buddha. Aqua Buddha. Great work, Aqua Buddha. It was awesome. But yeah, so, so and um, to, to sort of stick with ours uh, for a bit, we, so the highest two that I prescribed, like the most successful ones I got, it was a tie between uh, Tear Zoo and Twisted mm. Pear, which both got a 9 <laughs> out of 10. And obviously sit next to each other side by side in the hours. Yeah, I think mean, they're about equal. About equal. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, Tearsu. That was a good one, Elliot. And Twisted Pear, of course. I mean, that's a, I, that's a cherished memory of mine. Us, you and me, and, that was and a good some night. other yeah. people watching uh, that weird, weird movie uh, in your hotel room in Melbourne. Good times. 
Um, yes, and then you you also had a tie for for your top two. Uh, oh, you yeah. had Dairy Dairy Girls and Fantasy mm. High, which mm. um, I stand by. Those were both yeah, very, very I agree. Good. And both of them are ones that have only grown in my heart yep. since. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for um, the data, Elliot. You got any more for us? Yeah, just the last one. Uh, the worst ones. I think I usually leave Ooh. with this so that we, we don't have the bad taste in our mouths at Too the late end. Now. But here we are. Um, so uh, it was actually the opener for the year that was, was your worst one, which was Flintstones. So we'll get back Did to you talking not like about that, that in a sec. I gave it a mm. seven out of ten, which so oh, I hate it. Yeah, but, that's that's not terrible you know, to be honest. That's, yeah, that's that's the worst you did. Um, yeah. Uh, whereas my worst was the six that uh, New Girl garnered. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, come on, Elliot. Like, <laughs> it's just got so many problems as a show. I I mean, I I thought the later stuff was fine, but yeah, watching season one, I I think a six was fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so that's that's all the important statistics. Can okay, wait, hold on. Like, I have to talk about this now because it only makes less sense to me. I remember, okay, and we probably talked about this on the New Girl episode as well, but I have to bring it up again because I'm a fairly big fan. I mean, it's a great show of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Sure. And there's this bit in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they do a crossover with New Girl. Yep. And I remember not having seen New Girl at the time. It was the most incomprehensible thing. And I was like, oh, I'm sure this is just like, it totally makes sense that this would happen if I'd seen New Girl. Like, of course, that's fine. I just am not in the group that has seen both shows, and so I just didn't get anything out of it. But having seen New Girl, it still makes absolutely no sense to me. It, it, yeah, that was one of those crossovers that that felt like one of those cheap ones from the 90s where you're sort of like, mm. what? why? Like, I, I remember watching both, because I was watching both shows when it happened, and so, like, I sort of watched the, the crossover episodes back-to-back. You know, they had a, mm. a New Girl episode with some Brooklyn Nine-Nine characters and vice versa. And they were both, like, point... Fine. Like, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. there was no need. It was entirely, like, some sort of corporate decision or something that it would be good for both shows if they crossed over. I, 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 I don't know what the point of it was. I'm... Yeah. Do you remember, for a while, there were talks about there being a crossover between the 21 Jump Street franchise and the Men in Black franchise. Yeah, see, that, that? that needs to happen. I'm, I mean, that sounded awesome, but it's equal levels of nonsensical to me. Like, it's just like, oh. what? Like, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> who had the idea for it, I guess? I mean, they're, they're both on Fox, and they, they aired back-to-back as, like, the comedy headliners for the network. So it was sort of this, hey, yeah. the two top comedy shows, make them kiss. Yeah, sort of, sure, sort of sure, deal. Sure. Yeah, try and create a kind of blended fan community for them. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I <sighs> it, it, it just—you could tell the heart wasn't really in it from the writers. I think it was the problem. They mm. didn't really seem to try. Yeah, weird. Um, also, there were shared cast members be- between them at one point, which got oh, weird. were there? Who the, the guy who played Coach was a recurring character in like the season of Brooklyn Nine Nine before the crossover. Oh. Was he? I don't yeah. remember. So they just sort of didn't really have him in the crossovers, so it who wouldn't was, be weird. Who was he in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Because Coach, didn't Coach, was Coach the one that got written out after the first yeah. season? Yeah. Okay. Coach. He, he plays like one of Peralta's childhood friends or something. See, that's the other thing I'm going to miss about MediaMD is I totally feel comfortable just Googling random stuff on this show, <laughs> whereas I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that in other shows. All right. He plays Detective Stevie Shillins. Don't really know who that is. <laughs> I'll yeah. be honest. 
he's he's mm-hmm. like one of Peralta's old mates, and Charles yeah. has a whole thing because they were really good friends. Mm. Stevie Chillin Shillins, his nickname is Chillin Shillins, which I think is great. <laughs> it's a good one. Interesting. Anyway, should we oh, should we he get into the actual evil like, as actual every, thing? Every okay, one more thing about Brooklyn <laughs> every side character in Brooklyn Nine Nine turns out to be evil. I don't think they have any other side characters <laughs> that aren't secretly corrupt or whatever. Which maybe says something about the police department. I don't know if anyone's considering examining mm. the police department currently, but if not, you should. Um, yes. Well, in fact, I, you know, I guess on the topic of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I know they're currently on hiatus as they figure out what to do with the show going forward. Um, oh, yeah, true. Like, they're all sort of... I, I think, like, all the cast and crew have sort of been like, we're taking a step back and figuring out yeah, how we can approach this show morally at this there. point, which... yeah. Given the cast and crew, I remain cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I mean, they're all pretty, generally seem pretty thumbs up, right? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Like, I, like I, I, I don't, I haven't encountered a reason not to trust them. Um, and the fact that they're thinking about it, like, inspires hope. So I remain yeah, cautiously definitely. optimistic we will get another season that I will feel okay supporting. Mm. Um, well, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. they do with it, right? Anyway, we've gone for about eight minutes longer with bullshit than we should have. <laughs> We're over budget. So should we start the, in air quotes, actual content for the yes. episode? Yes. I mean, it's not going to be that different. It's just going to be like, more it's just ordered be... according to the yeah, document exactly. we've got in front of us. Probably yeah. won't make a difference for anyone else. <laughs> um, Take yes. it away, Elliot. Well, we're just going to go through this year's episodes and talk about anything that comes up. Um, so like, to kick it off, the first episode of the year was uh, The Flintstones, mm. which... um. Yeah, I mean, I I quite liked it. Um, obviously, I've read many more comics since. Yeah, uh, right. Because we did Sandman and Stay Still, Stay Silent. Stand, stand still, stay silent. Yeah, I, I, it still wasn't a format I was comfortable in, but like mm. I've got to admit, after analyzing them really co- closely two weeks in a row for the pilot season, I got I think a bit better at it. Yeah, I don't know if Flintstones, that would have improved it that much. I mean, it's got a lot of, like, backgroundy kind of gags and stuff, but it's not... Yeah. It doesn't really push the format of the of the genre. Oh, but I think that's the sort of stuff I was missing, is the problem. I, I kept falling into the right. habit of, of just reading and not picturing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that was something I sort of was forcing myself to get a lot better at in those pilot season episodes, because that was, like, a huge part of the formula for those two. Well, maybe the question that I'm interested to ask you then, Elliot, is do you think that because of MediaMD you have a deeper appreciation for comic books? And do you think that's something that will persist or or not? Um, I mean, like, yes, but it was such a poor starting ground. Like, I don't, I mean, there's so much media to consume these days. I, I still don't find myself wanting to go and read a comic book, if that makes sense. But yeah. I'm probably less resistant to doing so if somebody came at me particularly strongly recommending one mm. um but i mean all the good ones are getting turned into tv shows on amazon or netflix now so no need. <laughs> i was i was just about to mention watchmen and then you said that and i'm like oh yeah fair <laughs> enough um because yeah i think the one comic that i should have got you to check out that i never did is watchmen which obviously kind of defined a certain type of sh- comic book yeah maybe we'll, i'll get you to do that for a different Isn't there a movie we'll of that too Yes, but don't worry about that, Elliot. It's okay. I mean it's not quite Lake Lao Guy levels, but it's definitely up there. Oh, okay. Okay. Um so next up, uh we talked about Dollhouse this year. Um, yeah. Now obviously wait, Joss Whedon's even more in the shitter than he was when we recorded that, I think. God, um, he's really 
he's really just become one of those people that you i mean yeah I, I, i'm glad that for years i've already been a jed stan because as, as far as i've seen jed and marissa are still fine so i'm perfectly yeah. okay sort of just moving all of the energy that i had in supporting weed and stuff to jed and marissa yeah yeah <sighs> yeah interesting i don't um, know i don't, I, I don't I, feel the need to talk about joss whedon too much <laughs> yeah i like um i i do i just i still really like dollhouse i think it does some really great stuff i think where did i get up to in when we'd recorded it i think you'd finished right right because i'm pretty sure i definitely finished the ending yeah okay i actually this is interesting because i was watching battlestar recently obviously yeah and i was trying to think about because the link of uh tamo panicket i was trying to think of the ending to dollhouse and i cannot for the life of me remember how it ends so spoilers <laughs> for dollhouse can you remind me the ending to that show yeah well so there's remember the finale to each season are those epitaph or no it's epitaph everyone was getting yeah, at me for that last that are in the future right? um yes so in the sort of present what sort of happens is everything goes to shit and they manage to try and blow up um rossum's headquarters and in that it's revealed yeah. that her handler um is the ceo of rossum and he was mm. undercover as her handler because uh eliza Dushka's right. character had yes. some immunity um that she was building um yes. so then in I the future that. basically the world had you know gone apocalypse because of the mind wiping stuff um but she they're able to use her to sort of start to build an antidote and, and work on a road to recovery Man, that was a weird twist, hey, that the, the handler guy was actually secretly the big bad of the whole thing. I think yeah. they pulled it off fairly well. Yeah, it, it works pretty well, but I think it's definitely, like, you know, they got told with, like, three episodes to go, they were cancelled. So I right. think it's very much like, it happens so suddenly, I don't know yeah. if it was the original plan or it, not, but, you know. Yeah, it's the kind of twist that kind of, even if it's done perfectly, it, it can't, it it kind of feels weird regardless you know hmm. well watching it again for the episode with it in mind it was one of those ones where it, it, like it wasn't there from the yeah. start like one yeah. like those sorts of twists were great if if when i'm going back and watching season it, one yeah it there's makes a little, sense in a there's little moments yeah, yeah that in context i'm like oh this is him but there's none of those which mm. like you know Obviously makes the twist land because nobody saw it coming, but it'd be cooler if there's <laughs> those little twist. bits. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about Dollhouse except I think Tamo Pennicut. Tamo yep. Pennicut is great at playing people who <laughs> who interact with people that he's not sure if they're humans or robots. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just typecast as that role, which is great. He does it well. I mean, he's also got just like a like a protector vibe you know yeah. like he, he's the He'll big guy defend people even if no one else will even if they are secretly cylons yeah. slash robots or well, he's, he's just, a robot or whatever he's he's very nice until yeah. you cross him or the people he loves and then he's strong enough to beat the shit out of you is sort of yeah. the vibe he gives off yeah. in both shows yeah it's got done well from so far can't <laughs> wait to see the next thing he's in i mean I only know him from these two shows, and in both of them, he's quite good. And these shows both hit that kind of same itch, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming the next show he's in is also going to be some kind of, you know, oh, some people are secretly lizards, and some people are actually humans, and some people are secretly dogs. And what happens when the dogs meet the lizards? Watch Tom Pinnicket start to figure it out and fall in love with one of the lizards, but he's a dog. That's the plot of the show, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, 
You know Dollhouse ended in 2011, right? That's so long ago. <laughs> what has he done since then? All right, again. Yeah. Um, yeah, very comfortable googling give me a second yeah I'm, I'm actually on his imdb page right now um he's been in a bunch of stuff oh that's right he was in supernatural for a year was he um, yeah supernatural god damn uh he was gadriel slash ezekiel it was right of course he was um what an actor yeah no well, he's been in some other shows yeah yeah he's got so like i should a few check here. him out he's in the tv series of taken which i'm assuming secretly you know, one of the people who was taken is actually, you know, his daughter or whatever. <laughs> That's how yeah. it works. Altered Some... Carbon, which I'm pretty sure is exactly that kind of yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. He, he it's about people well who swap bodies, carbon. right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway. It's a classic Tamo Pinnacle type of show. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Yep. Yeah, uh, so the next one up was The Boys. Mm, good show. Great show. Um. Nothing much to talk about here, I don't think. There's a new season coming out soon. That's fun. Yeah, September 4th, so a month and a half away. I'm a little I'm a little nervous about it because I think it has it seems like the show is consistently gonna escalate, which maybe mm. will be fine, but also I think the kind of the strength of the show was that it was seemingly kind of down to earth. Yeah, it also like if they're going to escalate the the gore and the violence like yeah. i think the show was already kind of right at the limit where i thought it was still fun to watch in that regard you know like, mm. like you can cross that line where there's the chasing like the gore and the violence just sort of becomes superfluous yeah um and, and kind or of unpleasant like, to watch right yeah sorry or just unpleasant to watch yeah yeah exactly and i thought the boys was appropriately like full on in that regard already mm. and i worry if they try to keep like escalating on that angle, it will very quickly become something where I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. It's just like mm. gross. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. Uh, next up, Tearzoo was the next thing yeah. we talked about. Still going strong. I mean, I'm uh, subscribed to this Nebula streaming service, which is like the streaming service that a bunch of uh, yeah, red, yeah. moderately high profile YouTubers have. Lindsay Ellis is one of the partners of that yes. too, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and a bunch of major YouTubers have, have done stuff. Tears who, a lot of the like educational YouTubers, Tom Scott, yeah. another YouTuber that I quite like, does a few things, has a few yeah. things on there. Well, it's a bit um, more, it's a bit more, yeah, as you said, education slash serious. Um, yes. And I think part of that is because Curiosity Stream, which is the the service I jumped onto after watching Tears who, mm. um, is a big supporter of Nebula from memory. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I think if you signed up to a Curiosity Stream account, you would have gotten a Nebula account. Anyway, oh, this really? isn't a plug for Nebula. Should the I point should, I want to say is, Tierzu's <laughs> done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, I'm still waiting for the full-length Tierzu-style documentary. I think it'll be <laughs> great when it comes out. Uh, I'm assuming there's one in the works because it's too great of an idea for there not to be one in the works. Obviously, yeah. it'll be about dinosaurs because he's clearly obsessed with dinosaurs, but that's fine. That was like half the reason I got Curiosity Stream was to rewatch Walking with Dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd be all for it. There, there was a there was a video that he did not long after um, our episode on it, uh, where he did like a Let's Play. Um, yes, and, and and basically, wait, and, and I don't. I think there was more on Nebula, so I'll have to go check out like the rest of the video because he only put half on YouTube. Um, but it was like, you know, he basically took, you know, how things like walking with dinosaurs will follow a sort of made up dinosaur in its life for yeah. a year or something. Um, he, he basically took that, but like put all his tears of stuff on top of it. And it was really mm. fun. Yeah. I remember that. A great video. Excellent. Um, tears two thumbs up. Yeah. 
Um, next to thing we talked about was Dairy Girls, which yeah, so good, such a like such a good show. I I've rewatched this show a number of times. I think if they can pull it off, they're going to get up into the annals of like top uh, <laughs> top syndicated sitcom style stuff. It's just so like relatable, so hilarious. Like yeah, top I think stuff, I've Dairy watched Girls. the whole show twice since our episode on it and it's kind of been one of those like you know oh, i'm staying with someone's like oh you haven't seen dairy girls yeah let's just okay. binge the whole i uh, mean it's uh, not that many episodes right no there's only like 12 or so half half hour episodes like it's yeah it's uh it's it's basically nothing but yeah so season three is delayed uh thanks to covid yep. so it's it's still coming just you know probably not for a while all right i'm googling are they going to make a u.s spin-off of dairy girls <laughs> which is the stupidest idea I've ever heard, and it looks like they're not. Which is well, it wouldn't be able to be Dairy Girls, would it? Because no, it, well, no, it wouldn't be based. Yeah, but that's like how they made the US spinoff of Broadchurch, and it was called like oh, Little right. Town or whatever the fuck it was called. I don't remember. US spinoff of Broadchurch. I've got to figure out what it was, and then we can. Edit I think that it was again. just oh, called Grace Point. Oh, no, it was okay. called Grace Point. Grace Point. That's it. God. <sighs> You can't, you just can't do that, US shows. It just doesn't work out that well, except for The Office where it does and never no, but, else. But The Office kind of proves it as well, because if you watch season yeah. one of The Office, it's not yeah, good. And that's right. because they were trying to emulate the UK one, and it only got good when they just when tried they to start doing their own it, thing. Yeah. Like, yep. what you got to do is, is figure out kind of the, the core things that are translatable and then mm. move those over. Also, don't mm. just bring one actor and, or actress and think it's going to work. That's what I've noticed a lot of them doing. Like, I think they tried to do the IT crowd and they still had, um, oh, what's the name of the guy from the IT crowd? Uh, shit. No, he does Travel Man as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Richard, Richard Aoardi. That's it. Yeah. Um, so they, they put him in the US IT crowd uh, and he yeah. was opposite the, the lead from Community in that. Which yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. John McHale. Um, I remember that. Yeah. And, uh. I think David Tennant was in Grace Point as well. Mm. This um, doesn't work. Yeah, but there's there's this weird new assumption now that if you bring one of the leads over, it'll the US adaptation <laughs> will work. But see, the problem was Broadchurch worked so well because of Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman was the perfect person yeah. to put against or against, you know, with David Tennant, and it that because they just are such a good pair. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we'll no, get, I, we'll I, talk I, about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. It's also, it's a mystery show. Um, they already did it anyway. Yeah. Um, next up, we talked about Twisted Pear. Oh, <laughs> Neil Breen, love him. Gotta love him. Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm I nervous think... that Neil Breen is going to be revealed as some kind of horrible person any day now. Like, <laughs> surely he's going to be. And it's going to make it worse for me to watch his, his stuff. Um, I think... There is a level of uncomfortability in half of the, or no, most of the female. Yeah, um, you're right. Act There's no way that he's not a real sleaze bag. Yeah, yeah, and they're always like half naked. Like, yeah, mm. I, I think I, I, but then I could also see him being someone who like thinks that that is the artistic thing, and he like on his end as a person, he's just not about that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard any rumors or anything, so I'm not going to vilify no. the man. But it's hard to be a Tommy Wiseau type and not be a creep in real life, yeah. right? Like, it's just it does it just seems to be that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's got he's got another movie coming out because, of course, of course, um, 
And he actually released in between us covering Twisted Pair and uh, and now a five film retrospective, which he also advertised as a masterclass for young like film pe- well, people who, who want to make independent films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to get my hands on that because like an hour and a half of Neil analyzing his own stuff and talking about yeah. his process. That does sounds sound fucking great, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of master filmmakers, the next thing that we talked about was uh, we did a double feature of Get Out and Us, two excellent uh, films. So from rude filmmakers. To, to compare Peel no, to to Jordan, <laughs> Peel and Neil, we call it the, the dream team. Neil and Peel working together. When are they going to collab? Huh? Um, <sighs> Who knows? I mean, I reckon with Jordan Peel's background in like absurdist sketch comedy and his clear skill as a writer and filmmaker. I think he would be the perfect person to pair with Neil Breen to collaborate on a film. Right? Like I mean I get the feeling them's... Neil doesn't play well with others, let's be honest. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh get out of us. I mean yeah. any other thoughts about these? These are great films. Obviously still hold up. Rewatched yeah. uh, Get Out and Us quite recently actually. I think it is and I think we talk about this in every, every time we cover a horror film, it has been that point where it's been long enough since I watched a horror movie that I've forgotten that I hate it and I'm willing mm. to like, like I feel like watching a horror movie and, you know, then I'm going to regret it for the week afterwards. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think isn't the next Jordan Peele film coming out soon? Maybe I'll make it that one. Uh, yes. Uh, is it Candyman? Is that right? Oh, it's not directed by him. It's written by Peele, but yeah. Right, um, okay, so he's like, he's only doing half the job as opposed to all of it. Yeah, it was originally meant to come out a month ago, but was delayed until October 16th, so we'll see. Right. Hard to tell, I guess, with films currently, but we'll see. Um, the next thing that we talked about, oh yeah, we talked about the Transformers film from 1986. <laughs> Matthias brought that on the show. Uh, wasn't it, isn't it called Transformers the Movie or something? Yeah, Transformers the Movie. Oh, it's the Transformers um, the movie. That's it. The Transformers. <laughs> That's right. The Transformers the movie. I mean, I don't have much to say about this one. I do still have a fondness for it in terms of it's just like such a weird film. <laughs> like the thing that gets me the most about it, and I was trying to find the clip of um of Eric Idle's robots saying, you know, grinny wab wab reeb ninny bong or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is in the universal <laughs> greeting to show to somebody. And I found the clip and I showed it to them and they were just like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I can't explain it. <laughs> it makes less sense if you know the context. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that was like the interesting thing about this because it wasn't just like, you know, like I, I could, I could bring something like the Power Rangers movie, or yeah. like a movie of a show I liked as a kid, yeah. and it basically just stands on your love of the 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 kids show. Yeah, this movie just had so much other weird shit going well, on. Yeah, that- it was it was Orson Welles' last film, right? Is number yeah. one. Two, it's got Eric Idle playing the role of these fucking robots. And three is I can still remember the Universal Greeting. I know I messed it up before as a joke, but it's Bar Weep Grown Up Weep Ninny Bong. And the fact that that's <laughs> stuck in my head now forever is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, like. Uh, yeah, wasn't Leonard Leonard Nimoy's in it? As oh well? my god, he is! Jesus <laughs> fuck! Like what? What? Yeah. How is this a thing? Anyway, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's such a weird um, aberration, and I I love it, it is, for it, isn't it? It is. It just is. Um, 
Next uh, episode, we talked about New Girl. We've already talked about this. I don't really yeah. have anything to say about it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, me, there's been no other developments that I can think of that we haven't covered. Yep. Uh, and then after that, we talked about Cabin Pressure, which was an audience recommendation, right? Yes. Uh... This was a great one as well, because this is the exact kind of thing that I think neither of us ever would have found yeah. w- without this show. So this is a perfect example of why MediaMD was great, because this was such a good, like, yes. so obscure and yet so good. I mean, maybe it was only obscure to us because we're not <laughs> British, but man, what a great show. Yeah, so this came to us from Tim the Enchanter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, an audience member. And yeah, like I agree. Like, this is absolutely something I never would have seen in my life um, mm. or listened to, as, as it were. Um, I We didn't finish it uh, in oh, didn't we? the episode, but I did go right. on to finish it afterwards. Yes, me too. And, it, like, fantastic ending. Like, it, again, like it, it did that thing that uh, British TV shows as well are able to do where um, they end. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess, like, you know, the modern uh, streaming service TV shows are are getting the same treatment but um, Mm. in the US. But, you know, like, this thing started... uh, Cabin cabin Pressure started with a a thing where each uh, episode started with a letter of the alphabet. Mm. And I had that from the get-go, and they finished on uh, Zulu, I think, was Zulu. the final episode. Was it, was it Zurich? Maybe I'm mistaken. Uh, yeah, it could be Zurich. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, they, it, so there's that feeling of, from the start, they sort of had 26-ish. The characters had arcs that actually ended in a super satisfying way. Yeah, um, I like, I didn't expect this, but wow, the ending to each of the characters, like, it was really satisfying. And it just kind of worked really well and weaved in this plot that I don't know if it was planned from the get-go or just like was pulled out of thin air at the end but man it went so it like tied it all together in such a nice neat bow and that's particularly rare for a comedy show yes um because sort of by their nature most comedy shows that I see tend towards like flanderization and stuff yeah to the point where the the characters kind of satisfying endings because they haven't really had satisfying character arcs yeah um definitely so the the way this show was able to maintain the comedy while moving everyone out of their slots in the first uh, so in the last like six episodes was like mm. fascinating. Yeah, very very well made. Um, I think there's going to be a Doofcast episode on this coming up at some point. Yes. so I'm keen to uh to potentially get involved for that and try and convince Scott and Matt to watch slash listen to the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it works so well as a completed piece. I'd like to try and just edge our way into that episode so we can talk about it more as a complete thing mm, <laughs> anyway yeah um you so, know, more than- yes a-, a legacy that it's left with me is the idea of these fun little games where you just name movies that share some weird concentrate yes. <laughs> <laughs> has really stuck with me like it's really given me a real love of more kind of like road trip style word games to play um, yeah so i one of my favorite examples that i constantly go back to is uh like people that sound like they should be rivals <laughs> um and i can't think think of an example but you know where people's names should be rivals to each other but they're they're just their names you know give me an example elliot come on you got this what people who sound like they should be rivals yeah yeah 
you know what I'm talking about? Or is this just nonsense no, to you? Yeah, no, like I'm trying to make up an example right now, but I, I think when you put on the spot like this while you're recording, you, your mind can just go blank and that's what's happening to me right now. Oh no, I feel so bad that I've put you on the, what on about, the spot. What about Ash Ketchum and Gary? Gary, <laughs> no, that doesn't really, that doesn't really make sense. But they're rivals. Yeah, but those are just those are just two <laughs> people who are rivals, right? Yeah. Also, I'm correct. Uh, but the yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. I don't have a good example. I'm I have examples, but they're all just people that I know personally. So it doesn't really make sense as a joke to just name people's people that I know. <laughs> I feel so sad that that I failed to come up with a good example on the spot. Anyway, should we move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after Cabin Pressure, uh, we did The Night Before. That was our Christmas movie this year. And mm-hmm. uh, remarkable, it is the first Christmas movie not to appear in the uh, worst recommendations of the year. Congratulations, uh, Elliot. You broke the mold in this Fourth our final year. The charm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I have nothing to say about this movie. It was fine. Yeah, it's, it, I, I, I still like it as a solid movie. I think um, what what I do want to sort of say about it is uh similar sort of vibe and, and, you know, some shared producers and stuff. There was the, the movie, the, uh, it was just called good boys. Mm. Uh, last year, I think, or early this year. Um, if you liked the night before, go check out good boys. It's, it's really funny. Um, yeah, I think I actually weirdly talked about it a lot in power reflections either a couple of weeks ago. Maybe that was just in my library, but Mm. it was relevant to that. But yeah, really, really solid film. If you, if you're in for a, if you if you just want a stupid comedy film, check out Good Boys. All right, fair enough. Um, next up, the Magnus Archives. Matt brought us uh, this to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Where did you get up to in this, Elliot? Where where where'd you get to? Yeah, so in the episode with Matt, I think I just about finished season one, mm. uh, and then we talked about this obviously in All Packed Up, where we where we talked about uh, Magnus Archives and pack crossovers, and I think I was up mm-hmm. to episode. four. 46 by then mm-hmm. um but i'm pleased to say that my trend has continued i'm now up to episode 47 listen to one yesterday <laughs> for this great work you've done it um what do you know about the show so far like I about mean, the overarching I, world of the magnus archives you you gave me a bunch of spoilers uh Did in I? that all packed up thing like i signed up for it like oh, I, it was my right. fault it was my fault for not listening mm. uh more like you you told me where i needed to listen to and i didn't do it so I was just like, just tell me. Uh, but I've actually forgotten most of what you said. So um, there was something about, uh, I was thinking along the right lines in, uh, spoilers for like season two of the Magnus Archives, I think. Mm. Um, I was thinking along the right lines and there's like, there were like groups or or like teams of different types of horror mm. and and the tapes were starting to account for them. But that's that's pretty much all I know at this point. Yeah, it's, as a show, it's one that has, really effectively i feel evolved into its kind of meta story and grown into its meta story um because the first season has a overarching plot that is introduced but it's fairly self-contained it's about this yeah these spider things right whatever um but it really starts to evolve the overarching story of the show in a in a way that i thought is very good uh i haven't finished it yet the final season is is going on currently i think um and i'm i'm near the end of season four. Um, but yeah, as a show, I think it's very effectively managed to evolve into its own meta narrative in a very compelling way. So enjoying it. So far. Yeah. 
I've got, yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I did really like it, and I still, in theory, like it. It's just for some reason, I guess because it's spooky and I have to, like, really focus on it, it just keeps yeah. getting pushed to the back of my to-do list. Like, you know, when I open my podcasting app and there's, like, something lighthearted and easy to listen to for while I'm, you know, mowing the lawn or something. Like, cause yeah, it's, it's not... weird. I don't, I don't go to podcasts much for serialized content, right? Yeah. I go for, I don't know nonsense background music you know whatever it depends see that the problem is is i've lost my commute and that was when i did my Mm. more serious podcasting because that's Mm. when like i i walk to work so like when i'm walking i can focus like a lot more on the audio yeah now i only listen to podcasts when i might doing chores and stuff and that means like half my brain is dedicated to what i'm doing so yeah I, i haven't been listening to things like the magnus archives while i'm doing that yeah yeah definitely um Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, give it another shot. I think it's worth it. Yes, I, I mean to. I'm. I. I mean that gets me especially excited to when it grows into the meta narrative because I've seen so many episodic ish, um, you know, shows follow the X Files formula, including X Files, and fall apart as their meta narrative <laughs> takes over and it's not good. Yeah. Um So it's always good to hear of one where the meta narrative makes it better. Yeah. Cool. Uh. So next up, Mind Hunter was the next thing that we did an episode on. Um, yeah. So we finished this, didn't we? Uh, yeah. When we did yeah. the episode. A great show. Not that I much mean, to say about it. It's great. Yeah, I was going to say, finished, finished it, because season three is not looking likely. Yes. I think the light, latest news I had heard about it was that David Fincher had released Jonathan Groff and the others from their contracts so they could go and do other things, which is good of him, but also probably means that and this was pre-COVID as well. This was yeah. before things got even less likely was, to happen. From memory, it actually was about a week after our episode on Mindhunter. Yeah. It Good was times. right around then. Which means probably there's not going to be a third season of this show, which is sad. Yeah. Because it was definitely kind of setting itself up for a four or five season long thing. But, oh, well, that's life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's ruined by not having an ending. It wasn't no, the sort of show that needed to have a finale a to big wrap showdown up. with you know BTK or whoever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas you know, like there are a bunch of other shows where if it gets canned after two seasons, it's kind of like oh, I'm less likely to recommend this now because there's no closure. This didn't feel like that to me. I'd still happily recommend it. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you. Um, great show. I have definitely recommended it since. Actually, here's an interesting question. Uh, maybe we'll get to this when we do the awards at the end of the show. Is the the uh, what have you prescribed to other people the most award? Oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll we can try it. and ad lib that one. Yeah, why not? It's it's medium D. We don't have to prep <laughs> content. Who cares? Uh, I mean, actually, thinking about the awards now, I don't know if we ended up going back and filling half of them out. So we might be. Doing I went a lot back of that. and filled them five minutes before we started. Oh, nice. So, Good on you. Uh, on that. Um, cool. I think some of them are meant to be awarded by both of us together, so I'm going to have oh, to trust really, your judgment on yeah. that one. <laughs> I don't know if I filled those ones out. I mainly filled out the my category ones. Yeah, okay. No, that those ones are fine. I'm more worried about the ones we were meant to pick together that we didn't do. Oh, whatever. We'll talk we'll about wing. them as um, we go. Anyway, yeah, so... Uh, just hold on. This is the point. I think this is a natural time to segue into the fact that we were going to call... Oh. <laughs> we were going we were going to call this episode the, Should I Reveal This or Is It Too Bleak? No, yeah, I mean it's it's fine. I can see why you do it here. Like, so uh, we spent f- we we were working for a while when we decided this was going to be the final episode. Uh, we wanted 
something to separate it from the other annual checkups. Like we didn't just want it to be annual checkup for. Um, yeah. So we were trying to think of things relating to like illnesses ending, like, you know, something, yeah. something about it being cured. Well, there's no good phrases for that, though, is the problem. And so no. the obvious phrase that we came up with was um, terminal diagnosis. But then we were just kind of like, it's so grim. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, terminal, like, it's finishing. It's, it's, yeah, it's exactly. a great, it's it's a great pun. Except it's for the a good pun, but it's it such like a dying. depressing one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's an awful name. So we've gone with final checkup, which is the middle ground of makes it stand out and also doesn't make you feel sad when you read it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, should so, we move yeah. on to Alien? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So next up was when uh, Scott came on to to make us watch Alien. Um, yeah, I th- I feel like I shot myself in the foot when we did this one by binging the three sequels in the day before. So I kind of polluted my head about what Alien was with the other three. Like because I did them so quickly the day before, I came in and most of my recent memories were off those later three, which like yeah you know, weren't as good overall. Yeah. I don't know. To me, Alien sits in this spot of like. I really get why people like it. Like, it's obviously very, very good, right? Like, undeniably. But it's just kind of like, yeah, it, it didn't really grab me. Like, it's it's good. It's obviously great. But that's all yes. I can say about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think I said this in the episode as well. I need to go back and continue playing Alien Isolation, which I was streaming mm. on our Discord for a while. Um, because That's Alien for the Modern Age. Yeah, well, it's a. It, like, I was playing with a VR mod, so it was a VR horror game, and um, it, it, it was like one of those things where that game made a lot more sense to me after I watched the movie. Mm. Like crawling in vents was like, oh, this is the movie thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and the fact that my radar was a shitty two D thing that didn't actually tell me where the alien was, so straight out of the movie. Yeah, the fact that you had a trash radar that was very unhelpful, <laughs> just like in the movie. Yeah. Um, um, after Alien was Infinity Train. Oh. Great show. What an amazing yeah. show. I think I I still can't get over the fact that like season one of this was sort of like a solid, you know, like I'd put it up there with uh, Adventure Time and 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 those sorts of shows mm-hmm. as, as like a good cartoon that, you know, I'd feel comfortable putting on with a, with a child in the room. But mm-hmm. I also still enjoyed a fair amount. Yeah. And then season two was just like. Bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> like, love it. it I just, love it's... that that happened. I it love that that's what they had places. planned for this show. Like, in what world do you plan out a two-season show? I mean, because they planned the two seasons at the same time, right? I think where they the made them season, together, yeah. Yeah, right, where the first season is, like, obviously good, but, like, kind of s- standard, I guess. Not in a critical yeah. way, but just kind of is, right? And then the second season is just, like, fucking balls to the wall crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what in what world? It. Yeah, yeah, it it was it was such a bizarre transition, and I think there's still things saying though they might do a season three, but there's nothing confirmed. So like, I I hope so. I I have no I idea where they, they will. Go next. I would be surprised. I would be really surprised if they didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. In saying that, if they don't, like it, it definitely sort of ends in a great place. Oh sure. Um, but I I want more, so I hope they do. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, next up, we talked about Hercules. I don't yes, feel so. like I have much to say about this. It's fine. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, this came to us from uh, a bird, I believe. Um, and yeah, I've added some Hercules films to my uh, Disney bangers playlist on Spotify that I listen nice. to at work sometimes. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, that's its sort of lasting impact to me anyway. Its lasting impact to me is that we, in our Beat Saber group, Zero to Hero is one of yes. the popular songs. Which, man, about that, difficult but... song. There's this one bit in it where it's just like goes crazy for a bit and it's quite hard. And that's really yeah, and the well, only lasting uh, impact Hercules has had on me. Well, the annoying thing about that song as well is that's like right towards the end. So yes, you can have you like have a really good whole, run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, <sighs> so for the for the six of you out there who know what we're talking about, you get it. Yeah. Um, after that, we had uh, Grave of the Fireflies, which is just a pleasant little movie I brought to the table for a fortnight. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, don't have that much to say about this one. Weird. Weird film, a uh, good film, but weird that it's it, it functionally feels like a children's movie, except for the content. I still can't believe the factoid you pulled out mm. um, during the episode, which was that it was released as a double feature with um, Totoro. That makes yeah. no sense to me still. Um, next up, Little Shop of Horrors. Good film. So here, let me tell my anecdote about this film. And I feel like okay. half of the things that we have to say about these episodes is just miscellaneous random anecdotes. <laughs> Whatever, that's fine. Um, so <clears throat> I don't think we talked about this on the episode, but one of my very formative memories as a child is my dad saying to me, oh, you'd really like this movie. And me being like, oh, what movie is it? And he's him saying Little Shop of Horrors. And I actually don't think I ever watched it until we did this episode, right? Yep. But I... In my head, this movie is forever associated with, my, with like being one of my dad's favorite movies and him trying to get me to watch it. And so after we did the episode, I talked to him about it and I was like, oh, hey, dad, I finally watched one of your favorite movies. And he was like, what? And I'm like, Little Shop of Horrors. And he's like, what? I don't think I've seen that movie. And I was so confused trying to figure out how this in my head is associated as one of my dad's favorite movies with him having never seen it. It was just such a weird experience. I still don't have an explanation like maybe it's some kind of mandela effect thing i don't know but yeah no i've 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 had the same thing um and uh, i'm trying to remember there was some like podcast personality or something i was talking to uh sorry i was listening to who who talked about the same thing which was like i think they they their wife was pregnant or something and 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 they were sort of saying i'm so terrified because i have all these moments like you just have random memories as a five-year-old of things your parents said to you that have just stuck with you Mm-hmm. And like, even if you know their nonsense now, it's like for whatever reason, when you were four and your your parents said random thing to you, it it was like just it became your life's there, doctrine. Yeah. yeah, and 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 so they were just like, I am terrified that like I'm going to make some stupid sarcastic offhand comment to my kid when they're three, and then when they're twenty one, it's going to scarred them for life. <laughs> and, and this is like a more harmless version of that phenomenon. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's um. It's so weird how that sort of thing can happen to you. Mm. And apologies for your old universe that that you lost. Yeah. Apologies to my old family. I have a new family now. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, Little Shop of Horrors. Great film. One that I continue to recommend to people to this day. So it's past the test of time. They're um, they're doing a remake as well uh, of this. Oh. I mean, they were. I mean, this was in January, so right. f- fuck knows what's happening with it now. In but the um, four times they had they had uh, Taron Egerton set up to play oh, Seymour. Of course, he would be a pretty good Seymour, um, I think. Although he's maybe Scar- a bit too attractive. I don't know. Yeah, well, then Scarlett Johansson was down to play Audrey, so okay. I, th- I think that's just a bit of a problem. Yeah, with, with the whole cast. Um, uh, who, yeah. Who's going to play the dentist? I think that's what what it will turn on. Uh Chris Evans, I believe. Now, okay, 
okay. I don't think Taryn Egerton and Scarlett Johansson are good choices. I mean, they're obviously very talented people, but they just, they're too Hollywood, you know? I can yeah, see Chris Evans as, as the dentist. Fine. I just think, yeah. although seeing Chris Evans as a abusive asshole will be interesting because he's got such a good guy image to me, even after <laughs> um, Knives Out where he's a jerk dickhead. Yeah, no, there's there's just something likable about him, isn't there? Yeah. He, he he was a perfect choice for Captain America. Yes, um, but yeah, like, like I think the problem with someone like Taron Egerton as Seymour is like, I think Rick Moranis was a great Seymour because like I think Seymour is meant to be this kind of nerdy, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, under character, like a, mm. Terrence just, he's too, like, I just don't know if I could believe him as a sort of, you know, shy nerd. Yeah. Cause he, there's scenes in Kingsman where he wears sunglasses and he just looks like he's, I don't know. He, he just looks, like- he, he looks, he doesn't look like he should be wearing glasses, I guess. And I know that's an insane thing to say, but it's true. It, it'd be like um, Daniel Radcliffe in, in some of the later Harry Potter films where they were still trying to make him look like Harry Potter, but he'd actually, mm. like, buffed out a bit. Now, you know what I'm just realizing? I haven't seen Rocket Man where he plays um, Elton I, John. I haven't either. And maybe that would turn me around on him as this kind of character. That's true. It, Kingsman is basically the only film I've seen him in, so maybe yes. maybe I, maybe we're just being biased because the only thing we know him from is he's basically James Bond. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and Kingsman was such a good movie. I know, right? What ha- they're doing the um they're doing the like Kingsman origin story, right? Yeah, I I don't know. Two was fine, but I just sort of I lost interest after the. I, I'll go. I'd go back and watch the first one, but I'm not. Yeah. Unless I hear rave reviews of another one, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to see them. Yeah, right. Like, the first one was left such a good impression, and the second one left such a mediocre impression. (laughs) It's really gone in an interesting direction. I do think um, this film called The King's Man, which is the origin story, and it's got, like, Ralph (laughs) Fiennes and shit in it. I mean, that's that's enough of of a twist for me to be like, all right, I'm keen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it doesn't look bad at the very least. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. So after Little Shop uh, was Fantasy High. Ah, Fantasy High! What a great show. Now I don't think um, I, I hadn't finished this when we did the episode. Had no, I? Neither had I. I think I was in like episode fourteen, and you yeah. were in like twelve. Well, I mean, it ends as it it just keeps <laughs> getting better, right? Like yeah. genuinely, it just is consistently amazing. Yeah, so I'm now like six episodes into season two. I obviously stopped watching for a while, but I've just Mm. started to get back into it. Mm. Um, Season two is the Unsleeping City, is that right? No, no. Oh, sorry. I skipped to season two of Fantasy High. Um, Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. Which is like season five of of Roll20 or whatever, of Dimension. Um, I I actually think it's kind of separate. Like, I think they ran it at the oh. same time as one of the others. Interesting. Um, okay. Because it, it's on Dimension 20 Live. So they actually live streamed all right. the episodes on Twitch and the VODs are now on Dropout. Right. Um, but, so it's live. It, so it's a, it's a very different vibe because there's no editing. Mm. So, um, like, you see um, Siobhan Thompson, like, 
going through her fucking binder of spell cards um <laughs> and, and so there's sort of more pressure on like the rest of the cast to come up with moving. funny improv yeah. banter while yeah. somebody else is like trying to play the game yeah um so it, it it's a, just a different enough vibe that i was sort of could go straight into it after finishing the other um even mm. though i took a break a couple episodes in but it's it's doing a pretty good job of trying to extend from where the first one did without kind of going too ridiculous. Uh, mm. Galir is a huge presence, which helps, obviously. Yeah. Because Galir's the fucking best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't praise this show enough. It's so good. I've been seeing a lot of promotion for uh, A Crown of Candy, which is the yep. current season yep. of, of Dimension 20. And it just looks so good. I, I, I've been intentionally holding back from watching it because I know I'm going to fall into it and I just don't have <laughs> enough time right now. Um, yeah. But I'm so keen to watch more Dimension 20 stuff uh, because I know it's going to be great. Like, fuck, Crown of Candy looks so good. For those of you who aren't familiar, it's basically Game of Thrones, but it's with candy people and it's in a candy kingdom and it's awesome. Um, yeah, I, once I finish season two of Fantasy High, uh, my plan is to then go back to the other Dimension 20 stuff and try and catch up but um i think crown of candy is going to finish soon mm. and when they start the next main thing if i'm not caught up by then i think i'll just try and follow it yeah. live because yeah. i, I want to experience that yeah definitely i mean i have to go back and watch tiny heist which has the macaros in yep. it i've got to go back and yep. watch the one that they did with some of the critical role cast so that'll be great th- too th- those ones are great because they're shorter seasons mm, like yeah so i think Fairness, uh, sorry, Karana Candy is actually like the third main season. And yes. It's kind of every even numbered one is a short one with the guests. So the Critical Role season, the McElroy Brothers season, they're like half as long yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Which so. is a cool format. Yeah. Um, the, the reason, one of the other things I want to talk about here, because I can't really fit it in anywhere else, is uh, Dropout, which is yes. College Humor's streaming service, which is something that I subscribe to for Fantasy High. And I just got to say, I have fallen so deeply in love with the content that they put out. They consistently yeah. put out so much excellent content. And this is my opportunity to talk, to rant about it. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm the same. I subscribed to the channel on YouTube or not. No, it's not subscribe. It's become a member, which is YouTube's like monetization thing. So m- members on the YouTube channel um, yeah. can get access to special videos and stuff. And it was like, the same price as Dropout, um, but yeah. I didn't realize Dropout was in Australia. Mm. Um, the YouTube thing's very confusing, though, because what College Humor does is they upload a version of their video that's for the members, which is the full thing, and the the public version, which would be like half the episode. Yeah, um, that sounds so annoying. Well, it's confusing because the thing is, is if you go to like the College Humor YouTube page, the playlists are the ones like that are only the public facing stuff right. or things like breaking news they only release half the episodes weird so it's just it, it actually is basically impossible to find and when you search their videos it only searches the public ones for some reason oh my unless, god that's so, so annoying unless I'm, like unless i'm missing something like i just either didn't get it or or what but like i found it basically impossible to find things so when you told me dropout was in australia i basically waited out my youtube subscription to to cancel for a mm. month and then switched to dropout and mm. i spent too much time on it it's, it's so, good. so good right like uh, it's so I, weird to me written... to have a streaming service that i actively check and i'm excited yeah. when i see a new thing on and what's crazy is like college humor has been around since i was in college yeah and i have always like even even when like i was a pretty stupid 20 year old 
Yeah. I even thought it was dumb and immature back then. Yeah. And I kind of yeah, held I had the on same to, experience. Yeah, and I, I held on to that belief for a good 10 years. And then you showed me Fantasy High, and just because I was watching that, I started watching some of their other stuff because I liked the cast of Fantasy yeah. High. And yeah, well, so did college humor change in the past two years? I have no or, idea, and like, I don't care to find out. All I all <laughs> I want to talk about is some of the other great original shows that they have. Because yes. they obviously still do sketch comedy stuff. And it's, like, good. Like, I enjoy it, but it's not what I'm there for. I they, I I watch almost entirely unscripted stuff, to be honest. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, what other shows have you, have you gotten into? Well, sorry, unscripted or scripted? Unscripted. Interesting. Wait, like what? On Dropout? Yeah. What's um, what you like? I'm um, I'm actually uh, right. I has, see has become an instant favorite um, sure. of mine. Yes, it, it's labeled as one of their unscripted True. Uh, shows. It is unscripted. Oh wait, now I'm thinking about the shows I watch. Breaking news is scripted. Yes, I guess, Bra- technically. I, breaking news is my favorite. I think they don't label that one as unscripted, but, but like it basically, it is. Yeah. So let's talk uh, about these shows because I want to take this opportunity to praise them to all of our listeners. Yes. So first of all. I'm actually, it's a game show where the format of the game show is the host asks questions or not even asks questions, no, he doesn't ask says questions. statements that have one factual inaccuracy in them or sometimes more. And you have to, and you get it right by naming the factual inaccuracy. And it's the fucking nerdiest show I've ever seen, but it's so much yeah. fun. It, it reminds me of um, British panel shows. Like, I think mm. it taps into the same energy, which is, like, I, like I don't know, I'm i a huge fan. Like, we've talked about um, Would I Lie to You. Yeah. I watch a lot of 8 out of 10 Cats and 8 out of 10 Cats. Taskmaster is one I've gotten really into. You should, yeah. you should check and, it out. I think you'd love it. Um, and, and the premise of all of these, really, at the end of the day, the, these, game show, these game shows for comedians is the game doesn't really matter. It's yeah. a device to give the comedian something to talk about. Yeah. And I think I'm um, actually does the same thing. Like at the end of the day, it's kind of cool, nerdy trivia for stuff I, you know, 50% chance I care about it. Yeah. Um, really, it's the interactions between uh, Mike Trapp and the, like, whoever's on that week mm-hmm. that are just what I'm actually watching it for. And I'll also like to give a special shout out to the set decoration of this show, which is basically they've got a lot of nerdy. Like props, you know, but they're all slightly. But wrong. But they're all wrong, yeah. So, for example, <laughs> there's like a settlers of Catan board, but they've glued railway tracks from uh, uh, what's that train ticket to ride? Oh, ticket to ride, yeah. To it, um, or, my favorites that there's a um, there's a D twenty with the twenty one side uh, <laughs> facing the camera. There's a a hand that's giving a an incorrect Vulcan like yep, hand, yep. whatever that Vulcan hand signal is called. Um, it's a, yeah. a hoot. And it took my, me ages to realize that that's what it was because I had just written it off as background stuff. It was a YouTube comment for me that somebody was like, I love how in this show, all the set decorations are slightly wrong in the spirit of the show. And then I looked and I was like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the, my, my only issue with um actually is that when I know the answer, I get embarrassingly excited. I know. Like, God, I, I it's will so be good though. This I'll be watching this alone on the couch and um, like they'll be halfway through saying the statement. And I pick, so there was one where there was an expanse question yeah, um, nice. in, in an episode I watched like a week ago. So of course, halfway through the statement, I started like banging my couch and I was like, you called James to say Corey, he, it's two people. It's yeah. Two people. I got that one too. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, 
Yeah, so like, and it's just so that's my only issue with it is it makes me embarrassed. But is myself. that an issue? It's so exciting <laughs> when that happens. Um, and you feel yeah. so good when you're like, and it, that's the thing about this show is it taps into <laughs> that feeling of smug nerdiness yes. so well. It's like it's monetizing nerd smugness in a way that yeah. I've never seen done so successfully <laughs> and so like wholesomely before. Yeah. What well, I think what's funny as well is so a- another thing they do it, to kind of serve as almost ad breaks um is mm. they they let the audience correct the stuff they brought up so yeah. you know if a statement they said had a slight error that you know like a technicality like i think you know whatever basically they invite their audience to nitpick, nitpick the shit out of them yeah and it 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 so works good. like yeah. i don't know I, I guess we only see the ones that they handpick to bring out which probably means there's a bunch of trash nonsense that gets sent to them but mm. um I mean, remember Matt and Scott tried that with We've Got Ward for a bit and it was a fucking disaster. <laughs> so, like, it's a really hard line to walk. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's really up. impressive that a show it ma- it manages to still be positive and fun despite the premise revolving around being a smug nitpicker. Yes, exactly. It's great. Um, uh, I want to talk about a show called Breaking News as well, yes. which is another one of the I think this shows. is my favorite. I love them, actually. It's such a good news premise, is isn't it? So, so the premise of Breaking News is they get four of the college humor cast members and someone else writes like a, a sort of fake news segment and the other four they've never seen it before and their goal is to try and read out the script and and do what it and says not laugh or smile and they lose a point every time they laugh or smile um and so basically it just always devolves into them having to say and do the stupidest shit um amy vorpal is is my mm-hmm. favorite recurring yeah uh, guest on this because she's fucking atrocious at the game and yeah. it's always the best i I, um, I do love brennan lee mulligan every time yeah. he's on he is a complete joy uh i think there was a comment on one of the videos again when i was still on youtube uh which just said brennan doesn't laugh he releases pressure <laughs> and i haven't been able to hear it seriously i've just i've just like forever altered your ability to watch brennan lee mulligan on screen mm. because it's true he doesn't laugh he releases pressure mm. um so just everyone enjoy that yeah uh, um but- i need to i need to give a special shout out to one of the things that made me fall so in love with college humor which is an episode of breaking news called real true facts about grant anthony o'brien oh my god this one's so awful <laughs> and um <laughs> So Grant is one of the writers for College Humor, or one of the staffers, whatever. Um, one of and the cast as well. One yeah. of the cast, yeah. And so what this episode was, was they got him on the show, and so they clearly meticulously researched basically horrifying and, and embarrassing experiences that he had had, and just hmm. made everyone read them out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically you just are watching somebody go insane over 10 minutes and it's i've watched it so many times and the first time i watched it i literally couldn't believe what i was seeing and then the subsequent times i really enjoyed it so once you get past the first watch you really like it folks Um, i I mean i think the only thing that gets me through it is the fact that grant kind of seems okay with it oh yeah of like i'm a comedy writer and i open myself up to this yeah um there is definitely like a reading of this episode that's super mean, yes. um, but it, it comes across as, as pretty fun Yeah, a- and it stands out. You're right. Because most of the breaking news is just like, it's a bit know, kind of nonsensical. Yeah. Like I, I think one of my favorite jokes, like the episodes I go back and rewatch a lot are the ones with Amy Vorpal and there's one yeah, uh, where Trap is, is named clearly new here and it cracks me up every time he's like, um, 
you know, the uh, the other anchor introduces themselves, and he goes, "And I'm clearly new here," <laughs> and it just it gets me every time. Um, <sighs> and that's that's usually the sort of joke that's going on, depending yeah. on the writer. So just to have an episode that suddenly got really fucking real um, with Grant O'Brien is. It really stands out. I think this is the perfect opportunity for me to segue to the other show that I love. I don't know if you've seen this much. It's called Game Changer. Have you watched any of this? No, I haven't watched that one. Okay, you really should. Um, I'm going to spoil one of the episodes for you, and I'm sorry, but I have to. No, that's fine. Uh, fine. Basically, Game Changer is a show. It's a game show, uh, sort of, where it changes each time. Each there are like twelve episodes or something, and each one is just a completely different format. And some oh, of them I don't, I don't like. But this some is the one great. where the is this the one where nobody knows the rules and they're trying to figure out the rules yes. as they play. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's the loose premise is they just get three people and they're playing some kind of game where they have to compete. Um, so uh, one of my favorites has Grant, of course, on it, and Ali, who you might know from Fantasy High yep. if you've seen Fantasy High, and a guy called Raf, who's another college humor stuffer. Um, and basically the game is the host reads out a thing, an embarrassing thing, and the other cast members bid on how much money they will take to do that thing, uh, which, mm-hmm. and whoever gets the lowest does it and gets the money. And watching Grant Anthony O'Brien debase himself for the smallest possible amounts of money is, brings so <laughs> much joy into my life. It's genuinely incredible. The lengths that he is willing to go for some of these things. So I just I just have to say, go watch this thing, Ellie, because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's other episodes I'm... that aren't just being mean to Grant, but that is a, a, something that I absolutely love in College Humor. Um, there are other episodes that are all kinds of other weird things, but just great. it's just a great show. Great time. Sorry, I've forgotten the name of this other show. So Game Changer, oh, oh, oh. it's called. I'm, I'm, oh, no, there's another show I want to talk about, but I've... Oh, is it the Erotic Literature Club? Yes. I know you've been getting into that one. Um, Yeah, so so, uh, Jess Ross and and Rika Shankar Mm. run. um, Well, so they they ran a a show called the Erotic Literature Club, uh, so the Erotic Book Club, which was basically like a joke book club of shitty, um, like, you know, literary erotica. Um, They've just started a new show, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's them writing one of their own live. and so they basically like they they get a theme from the audience live, and then they just work together to write like a erotic sheet. fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the first one was um fan fiction set in a bakery about uh various boy bands. It's just it's it's fucking hilarious. They are, like they're both hilarious and fantastic, and they've got they work well together. Um. Yeah. Like I can't recommend that one enough either. Mm. Yeah. Listen, there's so many great shows on this network, and it's just like. I had kind of written it off for years, and I, I wonder when it turned, or if, well, if, if it I was even just turned, or we just yeah, because that like it it kind of has this very like polygon type vibe to it, right? Of like mm. a bunch of people that are clearly quite funny and talented who just kind of collaborate on great content, and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I think when I was in college, all they really had was their skit stuff, and maybe that was the problem because that's the stuff I still haven't really gotten into. Yeah, I'll watch the new skits when they come out, but it's always just, I'll just watch it once. I'll never go back to a skit, whereas I will go yeah. back to episodes of Breaking News or I'm Actually <laughs> a Game Changer. It's funny how Breaking News is still hilarious, even when you know what's coming. Like, there's a couple of episodes I've watched, like, five or six times, yeah. and they're still worth watching again. Yeah. They're, they're hilarious every time. It's yeah. just people having fun, and, yeah. and that's just good fun to watch. Vibe. Yeah. All right, anyway, well, we've, uh, talked about, <laughs> we've talked about Dropout for a sufficiently long time, I think. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, so after Fantasy High, which is technically what that Inequities, segment was about, yeah. <laughs> uh, was Alice Isn't Dead. Yeah. Um, which was uh, our second, you know, after Cabin Pressure, like little other podcasts that a guest recommended. That, was, that one came from Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, like we both quite liked it, but I think we were both only a season or two in. Mm, uh, I only finished the first season, I think. Yeah. I, I went on to listen to the rest afterwards because I got quite into it. And you know, maybe this is why I never got anywhere in the Magnus Archives as well, because there's similarities. Mm. Um, I did not like the ending. <laughs> like, mm. Sorry to be a downer. Uh, I, I would recommend you finish this. I think season one is the strongest season. Um, and, and like I would recommend the first season if people are okay to drop it there. Um, <laughs> but it, That's it's, harsh. It, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I like this show, but it takes some real weird turns at the end, and I just the ending left me feeling like I wished I hadn't finished. Ooh. So I don't know. Yeah, that's not a. It's hard to speak. Yeah, like I feel bad saying that because there, there was some really good stuff in this show, but like I just I reached just the end and I was like, yeah. oh, that's a bummer. Well, that is a bummer. Let's move on to Annihilation. Pretty yeah. good film. I, I don't know. Is there much to say about this one? Yeah, I don't really, I don't really have anything to say. I just, I um, I, I like this movie. All right, I'm glad cool. you liked it. Let's move on <laughs> to uh, Star Wars: colon, The Clone Wars. Yeah, so uh, my sister Georgia jumped in for this one. She's mm-hmm. spent most of my adult life trying to convince me that Star Wars isn't bad, actually, and um, I think this might be the first time she's ever succeeded. <laughs> uh i really I, I i just i really enjoyed it i think we talked about like i i watched a shit ton for this episode and i've gone on to finish the original five seasons oh, damn. Good on um you. now i'm taking a break before watching the sixth um but yeah i mean i i really loved this i've not gone back to watch more not because they don't want to but just it fits into that sort of like yes i get it and i like it but there's just so much <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Much. <laughs> we're in a world of so much tv you know yeah, I like. I think this was great for me because, like, you know, it was one of those I'd put it on in the background while I was cooking yes, and stuff definitely. type shows. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, yeah, I loved it. I, wait, okay, I'll cut this if we. But like, do we do we want to tease the potential yeah, prequels sure. show that we might do? Let's do it. Don't cut yeah. it. Leave this in as a tease. What are we <laughs> okay. going to do potentially? Who knows? Well, yeah, stick around. Well, the we have plans for doof uh bonus content that, re- that revolve uh in a similar sphere to the clone wars Ooh, um that's maybe tease. all we should say before it's more concrete <laughs> yeah fair enough in case it never eventuates but we'll see yeah um um yeah cool so after that was silence of the lambs great film love it yeah good times now yeah. the one comment i should make on this is i watched a documentary that was doing the rounds a bit more in the doof discord uh, called Disclosure, which was a movie about uh, trans representation uh, in Hollywood and and yeah. how kind of trans portrayals in the media uh, had impacted you know trans people and their experiences sometimes without them even noticing. And Signs of the Lambs took a pretty uh, front role in or for a part of the film, for a part of the documentary. They talked about it to an interesting level, and it made me think about some stuff in Signs of the Lambs in a way that even as somebody who in- interacts with you know, trans people fairly frequently, I would say, I didn't, hadn't really considered. And I thought that was great. Um, so Silence of the Lambs, obviously a movie that I love a lot and will always love, but some interesting things to consider about that film and the way that even though it takes some stands to try and say, like, 
hey, no, Buffalo Bill isn't trans. That's not what this is. It still has some problematic elements to it, I think. Yeah, and I think we mostly avoided talking about yes. that stuff because because we we sort of had an intuition that that might be the case. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I, agree. I I actually, and if anyone's listening to this and they haven't watched Disclosure, like you, you really should. It mm. it taught me a lot. Again, like I, I, it does a really good job at at examining some of the subconscious biases uh, yes. representation in media. Um, does and obviously focuses specifically on trans stuff. Um, I found it really interesting to just get a picture of and, and firsthand experiences of from a lot of, you know, famous trans folk in, in, in Hollywood or, you know, across media spectrums of mm. the impressions that they had been kind of subconsciously built up to have about themselves and about their own identities from yep. just like popular culture from things like Ace Ventura, for example. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, I think that's what, is is so great about it and why it works for it. like it's it's definitely not a documentary that you know just trans people should watch mm. right because it's it, it's directly addressing how this stuff gets in your head without you realizing and and you know it it, it uses like prominently trans folk to sort of make it clear because it's like affecting them and, and and causing them like serious you know sort of mental harm in some mm, cases mm. um or even just the thing that seemed to be the most common story was uh people who would later realize that they were trans basically didn't see this as something that even kind of existed because in films it was portrayed as you know either a joke or just this kind of nonsensical thing right in films yeah. at the time and and so people would the these people and a lot of the people in the movie telling their story um had this experience of kind of not being able to really identify who they were because portrayals of of you know in air quotes trans experiences in hollywood were just so incorrect or just like yeah like not nonsensical right um yeah, yeah. exactly and 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 yeah like there was definitely a segment of uh the the documentary sort of centering around even well-meaning like representation by cis people often just kind of misses the mark yes and there was definitely a segment that was just kind of basically trying to shake the audience and be like actually get trans people to write this shit please what was the what Um, was that what was the show that they were talking about with that had the the trans character arc that that had um, them it uh, it was girls or something no it It was, was i think it was called the l word is that right Something like That's that, right? yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm putting a different show up last. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't familiar with the show outside the documentary. But yeah, I found it a great documentary. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Check it out. Definitely Disclosure worth watching on Netflix. If you haven't. Good times. Um, and that was Science of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> um, next um, up, we talked about Terminator 1 and T2. Uh, yeah, so that was with Scott and Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of, we hadn't actually announced that we were ending, but the part of the reason we had both of them on was um, yeah, that's right. to, to sort of celebrate that. Weird that we, we didn't even announce it. it. <laughs> yeah. We just had both on. Um, so, yeah, uh, just just so you know, that was part of the reasoning. Uh, it was sort of meant to be the last guest episode, have them both on. Um, yeah, I mean, hasn't really been that long since this one, so there's not much to say. Great films. Yep. Um, I haven't got around to watching any of the others, but everyone tells me that's probably for the best. Yep. Don't pull uh, an alien, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, exactly. And finally, uh, we talked about Battlestar Galactica. Um, yes. So we, so, I just watched the miniseries when we did this episode, right? Yes, I'm. I'm so excited to dive into this a bit more because I think you've finished <laughs> season one now. Right? I have. I'm. I think I'm about halfway through season two. I think. 
awesome. at the moment. Um, About where I was when we recorded yeah, the episode. A solid, that was, in, oh God, in the past fortnight, I've had a few sessions of hardcore binging. Um, yeah, I, and interestingly, I'm just going to, I'm not going to say just this. just going to put it out there. Mm. Is this a judgment-free zone? Like, because I. What do you mean? I, I've, I've finished. Yeah, it's fine. I, re- I, I get it, man. I get, I get um, it now. I've watched I it. even watched I get Dwight's the, love the of the show. Yeah, I, there's there's two movies that aren't included on Prime, but I had them on DVD from back in the day, so I even watched <laughs> Fucking, those. Yeah. Sorry, Fracken. Sorry, my bad. Um, but yeah, so so tell us about season one because I think, like, honestly, there's going to be more to talk about probably what in this episode. At the end of, here. Fuck, I don't even like. It's so it's hard for me to distinguish what's the end of season. I'll just oh, talk right. about every everything you watched, honestly. Like, okay, well, spoilers for half of season two as well. Where I'm yep. up to currently, um, actually, this will mark it. I just had the point where they met uh, the Pegasus, the other battle star, and Ooh, there yeah, was yeah. Some, some stuff that went down there, and that's all been resolved. And I think that's the most recent episode I watched is the one where uh, Admiral Kane, yeah. she dies. She gets shot was... by a Model 6. But, yeah. I mean, hard to not be on the 6th side in that case yes, but um 100 because she does <laughs> defend a rapist which is yep. definitely not a good thing i was kind of like the first episode where they meet admiral kane i was kind of like oh interesting like is she going to be like clearly a villain or is there going to be some gray here and it seemed like there was going to be gray but then one of her crew you know raped or att- didn't attempted to rape somebody um and then yeah. from then on i was like all right well She's a villain. No morally gray about it. Yeah, I mean the argument in the show, like in the show, it's considered more gray because, because she's a they don't a consider the Cylons yes. people. But like as viewers, we have been trained to yes. view them all a lot more uh, intimately than, yes. than the people. So and it's never explicitly said, but it's heavily implied that she has condoned or at the very least allowed the repeated sexual abuse of a prisoner yes. on their ship in a way that is incredibly horrifying um, yeah yeah so um yeah no morally gray stuff there in my opinion no, absolutely uh i think yeah um I, the the funny I, I talked about this on our discord um like i had a completely different experience watching this um now because i was pretty dumb as an 18 year old and um i think i've often said that the ending to Battlestar galactica is the the worst ending for any tv show ever mm. um having just rewatched it now and it's hard to tell how much of this is me having grown up and how much of it is uh, having had the ending in mind as I watched the whole show. Mm. I I was a lot more like, it's not great, but it's far from bad. And I think I was unfair to it in the past. Interesting. Um, well, don't what spoil I will it, please. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I won't. But what I will say is... This was what the Admiral Kane bit was one of the things that made me realize how fucking stupid I was when I first watched the show because she's literally called admiral kane and they set up like a kane and abel thing yes and i i didn't get that when i watched it as mm-hmm. a teenager and then i was like watching it now i was like she's she's even fucking called admiral kane this show is not as subtle as i thought it was when yeah. i was 18 like she's it's right there yeah. they spell it out for you yeah um yeah i think oh you're about to hit a really fun episode i think that i'm i kind of want to talk about specifically but i guess we can't um so i love yeah i just i love this show so much yeah, it does I, some so many cool things. I'm really enjoying it too. Um, I've it, this is very uncommon for shows like this, and by like this, I mean nerdy shows. But <laughs> my my girlfriend has gotten into it as well, which really is a testament to the quality of this show because she's not into any of these kinds of shows that I watch. 
Um, yeah, well, I think it was kind of like Game of Thrones. This is what the, I sent her. Is it feels like yeah. it was the Game of Thrones of its day, right? Yeah, I, I think it was. I, I think Game of Thrones probably uh, like, and, and I, I'm not the first person to say this. Like, owes some of it, it, you know, its ability to get created to a show like Battlestar Galactica taking off because Battlestar Galactica is a character-driven show, and the sci-fi stuff is really just the setting. Mm. Um. The, like the Cylon stuff is just there to create conflict yes and that that is why it works and and it's one of those shows that evolves beyond its genre because the sci-fi is the backdrop not the point mm, yeah whereas something something like stargate the 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 sci-fi is, is the, the point, point yeah. and the characters are there too yes <laughs> and like i love i love that but like i get why other people don't and something like game of thrones in the early seasons and battlestar galactica define themselves just as good character drama and yeah. that, that brings people who don't normally like the genres in yes 100 percent um something interesting that battlestar is doing is finally making me interested in the character of gaius boltar which i didn't think <laughs> would happen um but it is uh the fact that he has kind of found a real model six that he is now starting to fall in love with as a actual genuine thing and not just a figment of his imagination slash angel slash whatever is very interesting. Yes. We'll I mean... No spoilers, Elliot. Shut, yeah, your, shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the show. So stay tuned and I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to talk well, about it again on the Doofcast at some point. Yeah. So two quick things I want to talk about in season one while they're fresh, off your he- yeah. fresh in your head. Um, Wait, the Galactica Boomers plot is just like... It, it really hit me in this rewatch. It's so tragic. Mm-hmm. Like yes. most of season one is you watching this this poor woman go insane because yep. and she doesn't she... get any happy ending. Uh, oh. I mean she she does in the sense that I kind of got the vibe that I was meant to consider who I've dubbed new boomer, um, basically an extension of old boomer, and in that like the happy ending of old boomer is kind of propagated through new boomer, but it, if you don't think that and you think old boomer is this thing and her story is her own kind of plot it's so sad she almost she comes so close to having sentience and humanity and then just at the last second is fucked yeah and i think like the the thing that really circles around the tragedy is um her relationship with chief tyrell yes who like just treats her like shit after she gets found out particularly because he's in trouble because he was sleeping with a cylon well um when you say after she gets found out it's she doesn't get found out in air quotes what happens is that she uh, tries to assassinate adama right like yeah yeah I sure know. i can i can empathize with tyrell for how he reacts after that uh, happens. i mean of course but then like he kind of begins to forgive her but uh, it's right not, at the where, point where she gets yeah. shot by uh Callie. Yes. Um and then uh, yeah, so. but that that kind of plot that's what I mean that kind of plot is continued with New Boomer, right? Which is interesting. Yeah. So it feels like New Boomer's plot is the continuation of Old Boomer's plot even though they're yeah. not necessarily the same person. Although New Boomer's plot introduces the uh the sticky situation of uh Tyrol and and Hilo. Uh Hilo's sort of they both have relationships with her. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. Uh, this is what happens when you have clones. The classic love um, triangle. Yeah. Well, not classic, but a love triangle, I guess. And I think hopefully some of the comments I made um, about the show just kind of unashamedly just being 
early 21st century American culture might make more sense with the season in mind because stuff like the presidential elections yeah. and stuff, yeah. it's just kind of like, <laughs> this it, it's like, just America. This was something my girlfriend said to me. It's like, oh, so she's the president? And I was like, yeah. And then she was like, of what? And I was like, uh, of the world. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, right, so it's an American show then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, no, fair, fair enough. Like, yeah, there's just, there's so many little parts where like sometimes i i force myself out of immersion for a bit and i'm just like like somebody will use an idiom or something and i'm like but they're meant to be in space from a different planet like they're trying to find earth yeah and yet they're using idioms in english like yeah anyway yeah like i it's fine like it's actually a good device but um uh, this is sort of me segueing into the point i want to touch on which is uh adama and rosalind's leadership Mm. What's your opinion of, of how they go as leaders of the, uh, I mean, they still call it the 12 colonies. Yeah. Um, I think they're great. I mean, they're clearly meant to be characters that we really respect and love. I think the flaws that Adama and Rosalind have are, they're, they're, they're the kind of flaws where if someone asks you in an interview, what's your greatest weakness? This is what you would say, where it's like, oh, I care too deeply about my people, you know? <laughs> like, And sure, maybe that's a flaw in an actual real you know political situation but in a tv show where yes of course they're gonna move heaven and earth to save starbuck or whatever i can kind of be okay with it you know yeah see i think that's the thing i i brought this up because particularly rewatching it over the past month and a bit they're shit like they're actually shit leaders oh really i think Harsh. like they're, like like rosalind in particular i well, think she just she does is a literal prophet so i uh, like in the real world, if somebody said, oh, no, I've actually been chosen by God to lead the people, I'd be like, what the fuck? You can't be in a position of power. <laughs> but in this show, she is literally a prophet. So I'm kind of like, well, I mean, it's true. Yeah. God exists in this world, I guess. Oh, just, but like, I think they're both kind of blatantly corrupt and <laughs> yeah. kind of like stick to the status quo. And there's just like a number of things where like, I think the the one I'm specifically thinking of is um the one where they they reform the quorum of twelve yeah and uh the you know the baddie in quotes Tom Zarek yes is mostly just making good points yes like yes he's a bit of a dick and Rosalind like treats him as the enemy because she has personal issues with him but like she the best way she could actually undermine him is to just listen to the very good points he's making about the socio political yeah. issues that the fleet currently has no I and agree just drove me nuts that she resorts to like violence and using the military as a secret police when she could just like address the disparity in the economy of the fleet. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm with you. <clears throat> it definitely has its moments like that, doesn't it? But um I don't know. I it's fine. Uh, she's a literal prophet, whatever. She'll do what she wants. <laughs> yeah, what are your what are your theories and or thoughts on um on the religiosity of the show? Well, to. it's interesting because it, it the show acts like the fact that God exists is not yet proven in the universe. But to us as audience members, it kind of is, right? Like, it's kind of evidence that there is a God because there's so much crazy shit that happens specifically to Roslyn and Gaius that are just inexplicable if there's no God, right? <laughs> um, so it leaves me in a weird spot where I'm kind of like most of the... Uh, most of the cast are kind of like, you know, convenient Catholics, right? Where they they pay lip service to their belief, 
But And there are a few instances where it seems to be a defining character trait for them, but for the most part, it doesn't really come up. Um, but there is genuinely a god who seems to take an active interest in the crew of this ship. So I don't really know how to reconcile those two things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not going to say anything, I suppose. Um, I, I definitely will just say, like, no, I won't. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> I guess there's more to, to talk about next time we, we have an opportunity to dive back into <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. There's, yeah. I'm just going to say this now. I, I will. I can't believe that there's no God in this universe. The amount of crazy shit that has happened to Rosalind, the fact that she has literally become a prophet that is basically described in their Bible, in their version of the Bible, it, 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 there's too much stuff for it to not be either a God or something that is functionally a God, like Asylum that's so far evolved that it just acts like a God, right? I, yeah. Right. Yeah. It depends on your definition of God. Yeah. But, but I, I basically yeah. mean a God or something that has functionally evolved to be a god yeah exactly if if you if you're at the point where you're able to manipulate events to this degree yeah you're um, a god it's it's a semantic argument yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah cool so those are all the things we talked about this year yeah um i mean it was yeah a lot of good stuff i think like it was a good last year wasn't it this might have been our best year even yeah um most consistent at least we both had the highest averages yeah, um, definitely. To dip back into statistics land. Yep, of course. To, to bring um, put on your Dr. MD cap for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, so why don't we quickly uh, try and move through everything we want to talk about from the earlier three years. Um, so we're not we're not going to like touch on everything. We, we've got a bunch here that are crossed out in the yep. script because we don't have anything to say. Yep. Um, so we can move a bit quicker. Otherwise, it's, it's an hour and a half in uh, on the... One year, we don't want to be here for another six hours. We're not decomposing worm. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Um, um, so to to jump right back to year one, uh, the first thing here that isn't crossed out is Young Justice, mm-hmm. um, which I believe is kind of in the same state as last year, which is season three has been out for a while now. Why the fuck is it in Australia? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I watched two episodes of this um, through means. Uh, and yeah, they were good, but it was just kind of like, I'm going to wait for it to actually be conveniently and legally available here. So hopefully that happens. Mm. I mean, the two episodes I watched were good, but not enough for me to go through the hassle of finding the other 24. Yeah. I'm sad that I haven't watched this yet, but it is just too, too difficult to find, you know? Yeah. 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 It, it absolutely was for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I'm sure I'll love it when I finally get a chance to you know same i think that was the problem so i wasn't in a position to binge it and this is a show where i think you got to binge mm. Mm. yeah definitely um all right next up ah oh, the boondocks there's stuff to talk about here <clears throat> so is there well yes so i still think this was a great show i'm i really yeah. loved it um and they're bringing it back so uh it was originally based on a comic strip written by the creator aaron mcgruder he has brought it back as a comic strip on Instagram, so you can go and read some, you know, current Boondocks comics. Obviously, we're in a uh, post-Trump America, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and it's been announced that they are doing two seasons, uh, two seasons of a Boondocks reimagined series that are premiering in fall 2020. When's that for us? Uh, in the next few months. Yeah. Wait, that's spring for us, which starts so, September. Yeah, so this is an animated show, so I'm assuming that 
schedule is intact um, because I'm assuming animated shows are easier to produce in lockdown style. But uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll see. I mean, it hasn't got like a release date or something, but it's coming to HBO Max, I guess, um, eventually. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably check that out. I, I quite enjoyed the, the original. Yeah. Um, and um, it, as long as Aaron uh, Magruder is still involved. Yes. I think there was one right. shitty season of the original show, which was the season they, they kind of Dan Harmoned him, right? I think we talked about it. Uh, see, I don't I don't like that Dan Harmon comparison because the thing was Dan Harmon was fired for very legitimate reasons. Oh, yeah, he was yeah, impossible true. to work with. Um, my, my understanding of the Boondocks is it was a little bit different. But um, mm. I didn't hate the third season. We actually talked about this way back in the episode. Way back. Um, I, I, it was definitely different and had a different vibe, but mm. I didn't hate it like sure. so many others seem to. Um, yeah. it, you know, I'm, I'm glad it didn't go on for too long, though. But if he's back, I'd be interested in watching like a new reboot or whatever. Um, anyway, next up, uh, the thing we had something to talk about was Worm. Um, in that we just did deep in Ward. Uh, Ward is obviously the sequel to Worm. So if yeah. you want to hear our thoughts about how the Parahuman series progressed, uh, head on over to the We've Got Ward feed and check out our like two hour episode specifically talking about it. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Um, uh, Westworld. Have you watched the season three of this? I watched season two, and I haven't watched season three, honestly. Yeah, no. Like I, I had the same thing. Like season two, I liked it, but for some reason, it took a monumental amount of like mental effort for me to sit down and start it. Yeah, yeah. Me and, too. and once I started it, I loved it. Yeah. But, but it, it's the same thing. For some reason, there's something about Westworld that just it requires me to take. A monumental amount of effort to sit down and start the seasons and i just haven't managed to do it for season three yeah, yeah me too i'm like i'm sure i would enjoy it but again i've got other things to watch you know <laughs> got yeah. other things that i'm excited to watch that i still haven't got the time to watch so westworld is not it's it, it it'll it'll take more lockdown for me to get to that point i think <laughs> yeah I, I think westworld for me season two struggled a bit because it was trying to stick to the western format and mm. um Season three is like fucking cyber, like noir, or like it's it's very different. Mm. It's like it, it's actually set in the futuristic cities of Westworld, yeah. And that's enough for me to really want to give it a chance. Yeah, no, definitely. I still just haven't managed to. Like if it if it was still set in the theme park and it was desert or whatever other Japanese or whatever mm. thing, I probably would be less inclined. Mm. But the fact that it's keeping itself fresh has me interested. Yeah. Cool. Well. We'll see. Uh, next up, we want to talk about the Adventure Zone, Elliot. Yeah. Or as I like to call um, it, Worst Fantasy High. <laughs> I I have still been listening to Graduation, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I resubbed just because it's a great, like, background podcast show. I started again. Uh, I got back on the wagon to try and listen to Graduation, and yeah. I got a few episodes in and was like, uh, if I can do this anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've stuck around just because yeah, I I enjoy it and I can't watch Fantasy High while I'm mowing the lawn. Um it's 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 fine. Like graduation's actually wrapping up now. I I'd expect we're probably about a month or two from it finishing. Mm. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's good. Um it it's it's worth listening to, but I can't say it's better than Fantasy High. Mm. If you've got to pick one role playing. Yeah. Uh real play. Which we do, of course. You can only have one of each type of thing, otherwise... Of course, you know, we'll have to rescind our Fantasy High recommendation once our um, Packed Dice show yes, starts in a few months, right? Yeah, 
hundred percent. Definitely going to compete <laughs> with Fantasy High. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'll be at least that good. Mm-hmm. Um, next up was uh, so we did that double feature on I Zombie and the One Hundred. Oh yeah. Um, Why did do we ever do that? <laughs> Who could ever remember those no, two shows? We, are... we go through this every year on the annual checkup. I came and said you could have the choice of which one you wanted to do, and you decided to do both. That was a stupid decision. <laughs> So I just I, I just want it on the record because you bring it, it up as if fault. it's a question yeah. every year and okay. I just I'm gonna keep putting it on the record it was not mine. <laughs> All right, well I'll take the, the blame for that d- weird um, double feature. So yeah, I I zombie I actually dropped out halfway through the last season. Um ironically because it was getting less episodic and more mm. arc driven, which was funny because that was your biggest complaint, complaint about it. it. Yeah. Um but the the real reason I had this one highlighted, something to talk about, is because the hundred is currently going through its last season, and I can't like. Is it going to wrap up please... on its hundredth episode? That'd yes, they're oh, they're getting exactly hundred episodes. Good on them. Which, which is also just really sells. Like this show is, I I like I un I unironically just actually love this show. It yeah. can be real trash at times, but even when it is, like I seriously, if people aren't watching this. Go do it. Of all the shows that I've stopped watching, this is the one I'm the most likely to get back into, I think. Yeah. Like, the thing is, it's weird. I can't even talk to you about the last, like, three or four seasons because I was describing, I was talking to someone about this the other day and I described it as a show where it didn't jump the shark. It went and gathered a bunch of sharks, set up a shark hurdle course and just went to fucking town. (laughs) Like, you've seen, I think, like, the first season or so. Yeah. And like, yeah, I couldn't even describe what's happening in the later seasons without spoiling like a a, a lengthy series of twists that have led to the point that we're at now. <laughs> that's um, so great, I love that. And, and like, that's part of the reason I love this show. It's also just like y- y- the character work that is mixed into just constant bonkers twists um, is what sells it. And, and um, they they just one of the most recent episodes was actually a backdoor pilot to a prequel series. Right. Um, which, like, I, I'm not sure I can get behind because the pro- like the problem with prequels, right, is you kind of know where things have to yes. end up. Um, and so the that only way prequels... they can't do crazy bonkers twist. Yeah, like, the, the only way prequels work for me is you have to have, like, the plot and the characters be interesting enough that I still get behind it. Like, something like a Game of Thrones prequel they talk about a lot. Like, you, you tap into some of the other A Song of Ice and Fire or... And that works for me because those characters are interesting enough that I don't care that I know where it's going. Uh, the hundred, I, I don't think the characters are interesting enough on their own for me to get behind it. Like what what works is the characters are just good enough that when they're on this fucking wild ride that we're all on, I can get behind it. And, mm. and yeah, as you said, like the prequel series, unless they seriously rewrite the lore or something, like there's there's not room for that. So uh, yeah, like it's a shame because I want more of this show, but. I think it also needs to end, and I just don't think a prequel series is going to cut it for me. Mm, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see, I guess. But seriously, watch watch this show, everyone. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Ah, all right. What's next? Uh, the Expanse. So we're, we're jumping into uh, the second year here. Year two. Yep. Um, season five coming out in a few months. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Uh, Ruben, you're not allowed to watch that though because um, there's still a chance we might do uh, the Expanse pilot season show. Yep. Um, we've both got probably about four or five things that we'd love to read or watch more of, but we're not allowed to, mm-hmm. uh, cause we haven't picked our pilot season thing. I still thing. have um, two, the two hardbound books of Stand Still, Stay Silent on my shelf, and I so <laughs> want to read them, Elliot. It's torture. 
Yeah, I should order those actually. Um, not that anyone should read that as a confirmation or anything. <laughs> um, I just want to have them if we decide not to go ahead with it so I can yeah. read them. Um, book nine is also still technically labeled as a 2020 release, but who are we kidding? It's 2021 at this point. Mm. Um, is he, are they turning into a GRRM situation? No, like, no, it'd have to be 2022 before I start to worry about that. Like, it was always the end of 2020. Right. And they've consistently released the other eight within six months of the original right. date. okay. That I feel comfortable, like, with one or two delays yeah. being not a problem. Yeah. And it's the last one, so spend a bit of extra time on it. Yeah, That's right. fine with yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think they're still a long way off the point where I'm worried about the ninth book. But, yeah, should be coming out within a year. Can't wait. Mm. Cool. Book eight ended in such a wild place. <laughs> well, don't talk about it. You brought this on yourself, Elliot. If you had let me read it, maybe I would have read it, and then we could have talked about it. But no. Well, hopefully we'll get a, we'll get our chance we'll get to do more than yeah. just casually talk about it. Um, yeah. So the next thing was uh, Oakja. Mm, what do you have to say I think about was, this one? I think it was just here because Parasite. Oh yeah, fair enough. Best Picture uh, winner, Bong Joon Ho. Uh, obviously, has gone from hit to hit. Continues to be great. Yeah. Okja, for a film that I absolutely love, it's probably his least favorite, my least favorite of his films that I've seen, but that's fine. I mean, still a great film. He's just knocking it out of the park. I think I've only seen Okja and... Um, Snowpiercer? The Willy, the Willy Wonka spinoff. Yeah, Snowpiercer. Um, Snowpiercer. Yeah. You should um, 100% watch Parasite. It's great. And... I've, been, I've been meaning to. I keep It's one of those things where I keep not for some reason. I think the other one of his I've seen is Mother? Is that what it's called? Uh, but not the Jennifer Lawrence film. God, I can't find it. I think that's... No, maybe it's not called that. Whatever. Uh, but another film of his that... Oh, yeah, it is called Mother. It's just very hard to find because of the 2017 <laughs> the Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. Mother. Uh, 2009 film. Great. Love it. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I should check them out. I have loved all of his films that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, The Good Wife. Ah, oh, man. I yeah. so of all the things that we've done that aren't worm, this is the one that I point to as my favorite thing. It's it's so good. I I have not watched the latest season of The Good Fight okay. just because I watched the f- in- yeah. Yeah, sorry, you finish your thought oh, first. I'm I, just I so just, excited like, to talk about it. It the the newest season has moved like so. Channel Ten here got bought by CBS, then they released Ten All Access, which those of you in America will know is just a you know the our localized. Wait, did Channel Ten of- get bought by CBS? Yeah, about a year ago. Oh my god! Um, they they went bankrupt. CBS bought them, and so now they're just becoming Australian CBS. So they've just released Ten All Access, which is basically CBS All Access but in Australia. Mm. Um, and so the Good Fight got moved off SBS, which was free to air, and into yeah. Ten All Access. Yeah. And the thing is, Ten All Access has basically extra Bachelor episodes and the Good Fight, <laughs> which is just I love the Good Fight, but it's enough to make me oh, subscribe for like twenty dollars a month to Channel Ten. Yeah. Um. So I haven't caught the latest season. I'm basically waiting for it to hit Netflix in a year or so, from the looks of it. I um. I watched, which is a shame because the Good Fight kicks ass. I watched the first episode of the latest season, Elliot. It's so good. Oh my god! It's such. I watched it like three days ago, and I'm so hyped to continue watching this season, which only just started. It's so fucking good. I want to tell you the plot of the first episode, but I can't. Actually, no, I will, because you find out about it in the first 30 seconds. Is that okay yeah, for wait, you? Wait, can you just tell me, does, um, what's the character's name? The um, the woman who is also Jon Snow's love interest in Game of yes. Thrones. Is she back? Or no, not? she's not. Or not in the first episode, okay. at least. 
I I, was, okay. I forgot that she wasn't in the show. Rose Leslie. I forgot that she because she's yes. one of the main characters in the first season or two. Well, right? yeah, that's the thing. She was technically the main character, well, one of the main characters in the third season, but she really wasn't. And so that was like when when she left at the end of the third season, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm fine with this. Yeah. She's not back yet. So um, okay. Now, if you look up the plot summary or like the the one cent, you know, the like de- description of the episode for the first yeah. episode. You'll find out the thing I'm about to tell you. Are you okay with me telling you this? Yeah, go for okay. it. So the episode is, you know how the first episode of The Good Fight starts with Donald Trump getting elected? Yeah. And, and Diane Lockhart watching that on the, on the TV and kind of freaking out. This first episode starts with a flashback three years earlier and Hillary gets elected. And then from then on, it's, it's like an alternate what if of if Hillary had won the election, Ooh, the 2016 election. And it is incredible it is so fucking good elliot it's amazing tv um i don't want to tell you where it goes but it's just it's just great you you have to watch this show this show is so good everybody yeah i think i i will admit the good fight has sometimes gone into what i would classify as like weird places like particularly with diane i just think some of her stuff in seasons two and three just kind of got a bit bit too wonky like, wait just weird like some like all that underground resistance yes. stuff and where she was kind of like losing her mind yes. it just that that didn't land for me but like that's the only part of the show okay. that has kind of not worked for me every other character is just fascinating well give it a shot and tell me what you think i honestly i love this is i think the only show that i'm watching that is actively political and i i yes. enjoy it so much it's just so cathartic to have a show, a smart show tackling political issues in a way that I feel is interesting and has unique perspectives. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And that, that was mostly why I found the Diane stuff annoying was because she, it wasn't mm. about that in the end. Mm. Whereas I, I think like the rest of the show generally is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's very smart. Well, you'll like this episode then, I think. Um, cool. Yeah, it, there's a there's a moment in it that literally made my jaw drop <laughs> where we find out who the client is that Diane is going to be interacting with for this episode. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best twist I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, okay. go enjoy okay. it. I, I, I can't wait to check it out. Um, well, the next show we had on the list was uh, the next thing we had to talk about was uh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, book four of this is out in September. It was basically cool. the only reason it, um, I've got it up here. Yeah, I don't have much to uh, say about it. I think I had finished the books when we did our episode, or we've talked about them since at least. Um, yeah, yeah. I think in the last annual checkup, we talked about them as a full trilogy. Um, I'm just, yeah, I just mostly brought this up because I, I want people to know, in case they don't, that it's only about two months till book four comes out. Mm. And I think it actually got split into two books. So it might actually be like a book four is out now, and in a year or so, book five is out um yeah cool uh final space is next on our list to talk about yeah because i think it's we season two hadn't quite come out or no. we hadn't quite watched it yes. in the last annual checkup yes um so i just wanted to do it here because we're now in year three yep. um of our episodes and i really really enjoyed season two of final space yeah i did too um it's one of those. It's one of those shows that sits in a weird spot where I really, really enjoy it at the time, and then I don't think about it for a year, yes. and then there'll be a new season. I'll be like, "Oh fuck, I really loved that," yeah. and I'll binge it again and love it. 
Yeah, um, it's a weird one. But for one, some reason, I don't think about it when I'm not binging it. I have the exact same reaction. I don't quite know what it is. Maybe it's because it's a bit too, uh, I don't know the word for it. I'm just going to say a bit too Rick and Morty for me to feel comfortable talking about it to people <laughs> frequently, you know? I don't, I don't know about that. Because like the issue with Rick and Morty, in, to my mind, is... I don't want want to be associated with the fan base. Yes. Like, I have no trouble saying I love Rick and Morty, except that it's been involved in so many fuckwits doing stupid things that, like, I don't want to be associated with them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Whereas, like, Final yeah, Space, the right wording. as far as I'm aware, doesn't have any it just, wacko fans. The word I'm looking for, I guess, is it feels a bit too, and maybe this is an unfair criticism, but it does feel a bit juvenile when I'm watching it. But then I just, I do really enjoy it. And I think it's just the main character who, who gives it this effect, right? Um, yeah. Although I will say I found, I found him a lot more bearable in season two. Like, yeah. I really felt like season two uh, addressed most of the criticisms I had yes. in season one. Yeah. And in fact, they even outright joke about that. Yeah. Um, there's actually a joke where the main character says that he's not popular on Reddit. <laughs> which sort of to me sold how responsive they were being to the feedback yeah yeah fair enough i really did enjoy season two as well um did you see the trailer for that new star trek show that's final space star trek do you know what i'm talking about no so they're no, making no a star trek show i think it's called star trek lower deck or something like that um let me just confirm that. star trek lower decks yeah uh, and if you look at it you'll recognize it's i mean it's the character design of Final space. Oh like god, it, yeah, it is too. Yeah, um, it it a hundred percent is final space, but Star Trek basically. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. What's the what's the guy's name? Who's the creator? Oh, Olin Rogers. That's right. I'm not actually sure if he's involved with um, Lower Deck or if it's just like totally ripping it off. <laughs> I don't really know, but it it just looks like it, and I'm I'm keen for it. Looks good. Yeah. Maybe I'll finally watch a Star Trek thing because that's been the weird gap in my sci-fi. I've never watched any Star Trek outside of the J.J. Abrams films. Yeah, yeah, true. I've never, I've, I haven't even watched those. I've, I've literally had no exposure to Star Trek. Um, um, actually, you know what? Speaking of shows that I really enjoy binging when they come out, and then I don't think about them for a year. Uh, Dragon Prince had another season since our last oh, talk about it. it. I haven't. Yeah, it's just not been on my brain at all. I should watch it. I love it. And, and okay, yeah. and I know I talk about this every time we talk about this, but uh, Jack DeSena has a YouTube channel, <laughs> Chris and Jack, where he does sketch comedy with his friend Chris, Chris Smith. It's so good. They're so good. Please go and watch it. It's so funny. They're so great. Support their Patreon. I was looking at their Patreon the other day, and they don't, they have, like, so few patrons, and I think they're the online creators that I love the most. They're, like, up there with BDG to me. And it's crazy to me that people don't support them all. So go watch their sketches. They're awesome. Thumbs up. It's not really to the Dragon Prince, but the Jack DeSena link is there. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, like, it's weird. I don't really have anything to say about this because I watched it, you know, s- seven or eight months ago. Um, but, like, I always really enjoy it at the time. I don't know what it is about some of these shows that there's just now this window, I think, with so much media to watch. There's this window of shows that are great, but not enough to fill my brain outside of when I'm watching them, mm. which is, you know, how spoilt for choice we are in this day and age. Mm. Um, 
So the, the next two things I wanted to talk about, uh, I'm just going to lump them together because I basically have the same comment about both. Uh, this is The Good Place and Orange is the New Black, um, which both had finales since our last annual checkup. Yep. And I thought both finales absolutely kicked butt. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good Place, great. Orange is the New Black, really enjoyed it the whole way through. Um, I, I think the, the Good Place was really interesting to me in that it actually mostly addressed everything the show had been talking about with about three episodes to go and then kind of had an epilogue mm. with its own character and story arc in like the last three episodes mm. and i'm so glad they made that choice because those I, I think they had a really fantastic message at the end there and i really just liked everything about it yeah i agree i it was one where i was getting nervous as it approached the end of whether it would be a satisfying ending but it it was yeah yeah it absolutely was and that's a tricky thing to do when one of your major themes is like philosophy and the meaning of life um, because you can't always necessarily answer something like that. Yeah, especially in a world where like the afterlife exists, it's hard to yeah. have a, a message that feels satisfying in that universe, but also in our universe where ours. obviously that's yeah. not like a thing that you can just assume, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And so I was very impressed with the way they managed to do this in kind of what felt like an epilogue. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, Ar Orange is the New Black, I think, ended at the perfect time. Like, the, the season five was probably the best. Mm. And it went a little bit downhill in six and seven, but managed to, you know, cut itself off. Well, yeah, um, I think it had parts of that, but it, it did start to get into some more interesting political stuff, which I thought was great. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. For season seven, I think that was really the season of the show where it felt like it was being made in a post-2016 world. Yes. Um. And he did some really interesting stuff there. But um, I think in terms of character, it was probably the right time for, for it to end. Yes. Because um, that way it got to end on a pretty strong note. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with that. Two thumbs up. Um, yeah. What's next? Uh, explained. Uh, ex That's right. Explained. Boxes explained. Yeah. Because um, it was a season two of this. Um, again, fascinating show. Like This is a great one to just chuck on when you have 20 minutes and you feel like using your brain. Mm. Um. They almost always teach you about a cool new stuff. Season two did this interesting thing where there were only 10 normal episodes and then there were five episodes specifically dedicated to like sex and love and, and five other ones dedicated to like the mind. Um, and so in those ones, they kind of deep dived a bit more into like specific, you know, topics related to the mind or, or sex and love. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just, yeah, uh, same points we had about season one. Like it, it you know, teaches you so much cool shit about stuff you didn't really ever think about yeah great show thoroughly would recommend it <clears throat> now the next one we have here <laughs> is um game of thrones mm. and ruben has just written a note here that says sansa stan interesting yeah so let me talk um, to you about this and i've been <clears throat> i've been waiting literally weeks to find out what the fuck he means by this because obviously game of thrones is a show that nobody's talking about or cares about anymore or is it is my question to you elliot because uh, my girlfriend, who has featured recently being discussed on this very same episode right here, um, <laughs> is the only person I know who is still very into Game of Thrones and will go back and rewatches episodes and all kinds of things. And I've talked to her about this. And the reason is she's very interested in Sansa. She, Sansa has always been her favorite character. And she feels that of all the characters in Game of Thrones, Sansa was the one that had the most compelling conclusion to their arc and 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 was left the most intact which i think is a statement that i agree with in general um yeah i was i would have phrased it as the one who was the least ruined at the end yes. of it but um 
Like, yeah, fair. Um, so that has led to her being like totally cool to just go back and watch episodes and still and and apparently and I can't verify this, but this is what she tells me. The the Sansa Stan kind of group, whatever, Stanza the, they call them the Stanzas, I guess. Um sure. is, like is the one group of Game of Thrones fans that have survived because they are they <laughs> yeah. care about Sansa and so they're still like Sansa and to a lesser extent some Arya like gif posting and stuff in on the internet where everything else has just gone completely away. Yeah, I mean I can see that actually. Um I mean I I always had a soft spot for for Sansa because I think like two episodes or, or sorry two seasons or two books in I I hated her mm. because I was coming very much from this place of like all the Starks are so cool and brave yeah. and Sansa's, you know, just this little whiner who's siding with the Lannisters yeah. and um so kind of when she starts to grow into herself in the later seasons, like I, ha- I had to eat so many words mm. uh, with regards to that, which was like really fun. And definitely when I would go back and reread or rewatch um, stuff earlier, like I came at it from a much better perspective and appreciated her more. Mm. Um, so I can totally see why Sansa would resonate with so many people. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was just three or four days ago. Have been uh, I, my girlfriend rewatches Game of Thrones fairly frequently, and so I have been watching some episodes with her. It's a great show. I mean, if you just forget about the ending, it's great. Yeah, I, yeah just pretend. Yeah. Pretend what happened to the books has happened. Yeah, to the, show the most recent episode stopped. I watched was the one where um, the Hound is kind of on trial by combat like, up against uh, Beric Dondarrion. Um, yeah. And they have that fight, and it's great. And Arya's there, and it's, I'm like, man, this is such a good show. And then I just try and forget about it. <laughs> but I enjoy it when yeah. we rewatch the episodes. I mean, George R. R. Martin posted on his blog not like two weeks before we were recording this that um he's made really good progress on the Winds of Winter right. during lockdown. Right. Um, but we've been hearing the same shit for literally ten years now. Yep. So, um. I'm sort of in a I'll believe it when I see it. It must suck. Type situation. It must suck to be GRRM and just oh, it, he yeah. must feel so drained from it, right? I absolutely don't blame him yeah. for basically having moved on to other projects yeah. for the most part because the, so has the culture, so has the zeitgeist, right? Well, that and that may be the one reason why he was able to get back into it. Honestly, like right. I think. Not just the issues surrounding the text and and his trouble writing more of it there, but I think the show taking off right at the point where he sort of hit the um the Miranese knot made it a thousand times worse because he was sudden, suddenly getting floundered with dumb internet memes mm. about how he wasn't finishing mm. it. So the fact that everyone's moved on and they don't care about, and that well they don't even like the show anymore yeah. might actually be an asset because it will motivate him hopefully to give the ending to his saga that it deserves. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I absolutely don't blame him for just like, you know, by 2013 or 14, just sort of having reached the point where he just didn't want to write The Winds of Winter anymore. Mm. Um, I was pretty much, I would have been on the same page if I were him. Yeah. Um, So I get it. But the fact that he's seemingly back on task on it is, you know, I mean, I hope that's true. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. have to stay tuned for that. Um, Next thing to discuss on our list is the Umbrella Academy. And I think the only point worth mentioning here is a trailer for season two dropped about two or three weeks ago, I think. Um, yeah, it came out like the same day as the as boys. The boys trail. I know. Uh, I was like, oh shit, I'm hyped for season two of these shows. Yeah, it looks yeah, great. Yeah, it's just going to be, 
I'm glad they are releasing a little bit over a month apart because it'd be crazy whiplash. Like I love them both, but they're totally very different. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're very different, and it would be it would be crazy to go from one to the other. Um, yeah, so it's actually like a week and a half till season two of the Umbrella Damn, Academy comes out. Hype. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited. I hope there's a thorough recap because I don't think I remember anything <laughs> I know, anymore. Right? It's um, so it's it's the kind of plot that's so confusing, but I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, it was a convoluted time travel plot. You need to recap that yeah. shit for me. When's the Alt Shift X video on it coming out, though? Am I right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the next thing that we wanted to quickly mention was uh, David Tennant does a podcast with. Yes, there was basically a teaser for a season two that was released like a month well, ago. Was it? Because basically, it was just an audio clip. I saw this. I was like, "Oh, a new episode of David Tennant does a podcast with him." I was like, "Oh shit, awesome!" And I went to check it out, and it was just him saying, "Hello there." And that was it, right? Yeah, I think because I looked something up after I got that, and there was like a thing only on their Twitter saying there was more coming soon. Oh, so okay. Thank I, God. I think it was meant to be like a teaser that there's more coming. Yeah. Well, hopefully um, there's more coming. Um, the funniest yeah. thing happened because it was I I booted up the thing in my podcast app, and my podcast app is one of the ones that adds ads to things. Um, oh yeah. And so I it started with an ad for whatever I don't know Woolworths or something. 45 second ad and i kind of skip ahead a bit get to the thing it's just david Tennant saying hello there and then it adds another ad and so the, what i what i thought was like a two <laughs> or three minute audio clip turned out to just be five seconds it was just so disappointing <laughs> oh it's like you're listening to alice's and dead again yeah oh god topical no <laughs> not really <laughs> um all right uh so ne- so that 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 brings us to the end of of year three yeah. um we should quickly uh, go over some of the bonus episodes yeah um from from year two as well uh so we had uh we did our showdown between the avatars mm-hmm. um obviously we're we've done a lot more of those on the Doofcast, and hopefully maybe we'll be doing more yep um there's also the live, the live action, action show, show yeah is still on track because it's being produced in new zealand um which has been like on top of the the yeah, 2020 events yep. you know more than most other places yep. Good work, so Jacinda. uh production is actually still moving forward uh at the moment from Good what i've it. heard so stay tuned optimistic for that elliot yeah i remain optimistically hyped i've heard they're basically like they've got the original composer they've got the original creators some of the original writers the only thing i haven't seen is the original choreographer mm. i feel like it's underappreciated how insanely good the choreography yes. was for that show yep. um because because it's animated i don't think people realize how good the choreography was yeah um so that's the only potential missing link i i will be um, i, I yeah. would like them to get uh, some of the cast back especially jack decina who speaking of has a youtube channel where he does sketch comedy <laughs> chris and jack check it out it's great <laughs> um yeah i would love i would love for them to find cameo spots yeah. for as much of the original cast as they can yeah. even if it's not until we get the ember island players live action <laughs> episode and it's all of the yes. voice cast yes doing the ember island players get them like, all back dante Vasco, jack decina if we make it that far that just has to happen yeah. like, that is just what it has to be the case yeah. may may whitman i could see may whitman doing a live action guitar on ember island players yeah um yeah it would be great yep uh we did an episode on marble olympics or as it's now known yes. the marble league i still don't understand so that they the the premise of the name change is that apparently the olympic committee yes. owns the trademark for, for olympics, olympics yes which is just bullshit i mean yes but i mean they took they had the channel taken down like it was very serious i remember he had to redo yeah. his channel and everyone had to resubscribe it was very dramatic at the time no that was a different thing was it 
No. Yeah, no, that happened because he deleted his Google Plus account. Oh, that, was it? It, that was actually tied to his YouTube account. Oh, I'm and conflating two things. Shit. Because then, because then he got he got the new account made, and basically was getting all the subscribers and he started re-uploading his videos and youtube blocked him for re- for uploading somebody else's videos <laughs> oh um, and he Joe. basically had to get some other famous youtuber to get youtube to like unblock his new channel yeah. uh it was such a joke yeah anyway but the um, current uh, marble league is going on weirdly sponsored by last week tonight with john oliver a weird pairing but one that i think has been great the production value is excellent as usual um yeah it's one of those weird things where like it seems weird and then the more i thought about it, the more i was like no this is perfect yeah. no it's working really well every episode the win whoever wins the gold medal at, like they get five thousand dollars donated to a food bank in their name and i don't know what that yep. like did the food bank get a donation that's like oh this is from the rojo rollers and they're like what the <laughs> fuck is that i have no idea but it's great to think about i'm really enjoying it yeah my team the green ducks is not doing so hot at the moment unfortunately oh Crimea River. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oceanics. And then feed it to the Oceanics <laughs> yeah, so they can do better. <laughs> um, I feel bad. I, I used to be an Arrangers stan and they're doing very well at the moment. So I feel like I should jump yeah. back on that bandwagon. But also their fans are so annoying. They're like the Rick and Morty of the Marble League. right? So. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're the Collingwood. That's a joke. Two people listening to this will get. And I'm um, not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> AFL references. Um, no, the, the, the thing about it is okay so the oceanics are doing terribly as they did last yeah, year as they do um, every and year, i'm beginning to suspect i'm i'm cursed because what i decided four events into the marble league was i would just bandwagon another team because mm-hmm. i was like okay the oceanics still haven't recovered from 2019 yeah. i'm just gonna bandwagon someone else so i can experience fun yeah, who'd you pick um well so i picked the mid-team maniacs Ooh. who since event four have just yeah. been dropping like flies uh they did good for like the first few events right but then yeah that was that was why i picked them i was like they're they're probably like amongst people i know Mm. who follow the marble league they were the least represented of the current top teams so i was like okay i'll bandwagon them to be a bit unique um and since then they've just plummeted so like it's me (laughs) the the oceanics are gonna start picking up again if you don't know what we're talking about go check out the marble league it's great yeah it's um yeah, it's it's sport in its purest form. Yeah. Uh, uh, we also had Agents of Shield, which we talked about. Which um, a- again, like I've been watching it. It comes out the same day as the Hundred. They're the only two shows currently coming out mm. on a weekly basis for me. And uh, one of the highlights of my week is sitting down on Thursday nights and watching the Hundred and Agents of Shield. Yeah. They're both on fire. Yeah, it's killing it, huh? Have, have you have you been watching the latest uh, season? A few episodes Agents? behind, but I've watched the first. I think four or five. Yeah, they're having a lot of fun with just going ham on the like with so there's there's time travel yes. involved in this last yes. season and they're just doing all sorts of I don't know like homage episodes oh. like they just did a noir one. Oh, they're legends of tomorrowing Col- is what we call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, basically. So like if you're four or five in, you must have seen the one where Colson is seeing the world in black and white and also like ha- can hear his own thoughts <laughs> as a monologue and it's just. One. And it's just a detective noir <laughs> episode great. for no reason. Sounds um, great. Yeah, they like they have a seventies episode. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of like Legends of Tomorrow, but not in a stupid way. Um, just in like a very serious yeah. sort of way. Good stuff. Um, yeah, and, and it's 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 you know shaping up to wrap up in about five episodes, and it's been such a consistent show yep. from start to finish. Yeah. Oh well, just after start till finish. <laughs> um, I can't wait for it to end on a on what's looking to be a high note. Yeah, good stuff. 
Uh, good work. Actually, too. It just, we'll just jump ahead a bit to Legends of yep, Tomorrow since you brought it yep. up. This show is still 10 out of 10. Go and watch it. Mm-hmm. Everyone, please. It's it's a show that celebrates its own stupidity. Um, uh, yeah, like the finale to season five has them like fist fighting fucking all the biggest serial killers of, of all time to, um, <laughs> I forget the name of this 80s song. It's just, it's the stupidest show, and I love it, and it, it knows it, and it's great. <sighs> Go watch stuff. it. Um, all right. Well, do we have other things we want to touch on? Um, uh, we've got Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series highlighted here, but yeah. um, I'm still on what is now an 11-year streak of saying I'm going to rewatch and, and continue this show and then it's not good. doing that. I mean, I, I it hasn't been an episode in like six months, but it's theoretically still going. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dance is Moving was the other one. Uh, I've gotten really into BDG's other stuff. Um, obviously, Unraveled is fantastic. Mm. Um, that's his Polygon series yes. where he will pick one really obscure piece of video game lore to dive into and just carve out way too thoroughly. Yep. He's done some really good ones. Uh, the categorizing yeah. Fire Emblem characters was one of my favorites. <laughs> yes, that was uh, spot yeah. on. Um, uh, but yeah. you should rewatch Dancers Moving. I, I, I firmly believe it's a highlight of his content. Sure. Um, I will. Well, now we get to the portion of the annual checkups where we give awards to things. These are the final golden stethoscope awards that we'll ever be handing out. <laughs> also the second. Also the second. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long and storied tradition. <laughs> um, so, yeah. first uh, is... Well, why don't, we, why don't we start with the Ruben's Choice Award. Yes. This is the uh, favourite thing that Ruben was prescribed this year. And the answer is, and maybe it's a bit of recency bias, but I do think it's the correct response. Battlestar Galactica. Great show. Love it. It's just really good, folks. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. It's probably one of my favorite things I've given you. I weirdly saved it for last. Yeah. Um, I'm, no, I'm still not sure why I did that. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. And corresponding with Ruben's Choice Awards is the less prestigious but still valued Elliot's Choice Award. Elliot, what was your favorite thing you were prescribed this year? Yeah, I think my favorite was was one of the earliest. It was uh, Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls, good choice. A great show, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. Like as I said, I've rewatched it a few times since it was prescribed mm. less than a year ago. So, yeah, solid, solid show. Cool. Um, then we have the so we have the most improved award, which is the uh, award to a prescription that we like. You know, we've fallen in love with even more since uh, we covered it in the two week span. So um, last year, The Adventure Zone won, mm. um, which really shows how much things can turn in a year because we've kind of discarded it now for Fantasy High. Yes. Um, despite the fact that a year ago, I think that was as... Um, uh, what was the what was the arc that was set in the Amnesty. small... Amnesty, yeah. That was as Amnesty was wrapping up and, and there was some great stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, do you have any thoughts? This is one of the ones we forgot to prepare <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Um, I mean, I've the one of the only ones I've really continued watching is I mean we've got Cabin Pressure, which I think is a fair yeah. contender. Um, the the problem with Cabin Pressure is I think I was already so yeah exactly it's it. not most improved um, it's just yeah it continued <laughs> yeah. to be very good, similar to Fantasy High. I mean Fantasy High was great the whole way through. I, I don't think we call exactly. it most improved. It was just awesome. 
yeah, like this this one's meant to focus on uh things that got good or that got even better after we finished. You know what covering. maybe didn't get love for this in its year, and so maybe we should give it a, a retrospective most improved. Yeah. The one hundred. I feel like the one hundred deserves oh, a yeah. most improved award, you know? And we didn't That's I don't definitely think we gave true, it to one we... gave it one, but fair. Because we, we only really covered season one and season one's good, the second half especially mm. but yeah like it, it just continues to get better yeah i'd be comfortable giving yeah. it the most improved yeah yeah i mean i think from this year's thing specifically which is a rule i've just made yeah, up as something we need to consider no no um, i mean the rules have been unchanging to the golden status go <laughs> since its inception <laughs> um i i would put the clone wars as a candidate for myself yeah. for this year's stuff Fair enough um, I know you didn't continue it, so it maybe shouldn't be eligible. I did but... like it. I just didn't continue it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, it, it, yeah, that show just continued to win me. It got better and better as it went on. Mm. The later seasons got less episodic, and that was to its benefit. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Clone Wars can so take it home. we'll award it. Yeah, why don't we, like, jointly oh, award it to enough. the 100? To the 100 and Clone Wars. Congratulations. Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, oh. Most disappointing conclusion. Now this is, Why do we have this? is such a bummer. I know, award. but it's a hotly contested one this year. So the candidates I think that we've put forward are Game of Thrones, obviously, should get its honorable mention. Yeah. I think and it so was our winner last to be, year. It, yeah, it did win last year. And, and frankly, uh, the ending was so atrocious that it's left a bit of stain in our hearts that puts it back up as a nominee yeah. this year. Um, Alice isn't dead. I, I added you've Alice, nominated Alice for this isn't year. dead. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, as the only one who did who did finish it, I feel like I'm being harsh on this show because a guest brought it to us and I did really enjoy it, but like I just hated only the ending. Everything else about the show, loved it. Ending, bad. Um, and the other one that I've put here, potentially controversially, is The Adventure Zone, which is something that I've called <laughs> on so aggressively that I just, I've completely dismissed it from my life in favor of Fantasy High. I, yeah, see, I think I don't like Taz being nominated for this, not because I think it got bad. I just think you found something else that you love more. And I think it's unfair to hate on the Adventure Zone for being around the same level of quality as it has been for a while yeah. Um, because you've moved on to something better. Yeah, fair enough. So does that mean Alice Isn't Dead gets it? Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it deserves it. I haven't seen anything, but I, I don't like it. <laughs> All right, our next golden stethoscope is... The most surprising like. Yes. What did we really not expect to enjoy, but really did in the end? Yeah. I mean, Clone Wars is another one that at least deserves an honorable mention for me. I definitely went into that one expecting to come back two weeks and repeat a conversation Georgia and I have had many times in the past, <laughs> which is, this is Star Wars and I still hate it. Mm. Um, I'm tempted to throw my hat in the ring for Battlestar Galactica here in terms of like, you've brought so many science fiction TV shows to me on this show, yep. Elliot. Stargate, Expanse, Dark Matter, to name a few. And they've all mostly been fine. Expanse is probably the best of the, those ones. But And so my, yep. my hype levels were moderate to low for another science fiction show. <laughs> but I really have enjoyed Battlestar so far. So Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that one because I... As I sort of touched on, I hated the ending when I watched it mm. 10 years ago and I came into this expecting to once again hate the sh hate those aspects of the show and the ending and I actually loved it. So mm. even for myself, prescribing it to you, I was surprised by how much I loved it. Yeah. Um, a new category at the Golden Stethoscopes is the most prescribed award, Elliot. What if you prescribe to other people the most from all the things that we've talked about? So are we limiting this to this year or just overall? I think let's go overall. Hmm. I mean, you can't say worm. 
Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> well, okay, can't, I don't we're not allowed to, to just give awards to her. It's unfair to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the one who introduced a category and then set limitations uh, that clearly just mean Worm has to be yes. considered. Um, uh, Infinity Train, I know that like, that is quite recent, mm. but like since I watched it, that has been one where just chatting to people, I've dropped Infinity Train a lot. One that has come up for me a lot is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Is something I recommend yep. to people a fair amount. Dairy Girls. Dairy as well. Girls is another strong contender. Um, what should we give this to? I'm comfortable giving it to Dairy Girls. I think Dairy Girls might win this. Yeah. I do prescribe Dairy Girls to people a lot. Yes, I, I think Dairy Girls deserves to win this one, and I don't think it's won any other awards. Yeah. So good on you, Dairy. I know, Girls. It won the Elliot's Choice Awards. It's the one that I gave out. Never <laughs> yeah. mind. Um, <laughs> Elliot, how can you forget that? <laughs> anyway, two and good night for Dairy Girls taking home two different awards. Yes, uh, and then finally we have uh, the traditional final award, uh, which is the reigning champion. Yeah, uh, which is the best thing we have discussed in the history of this show. Yeah. Uh, Last year, Worm won it. Uh, this year, the two nominees are Worm and The Good I Wife. I mean, every year I want something other than Worm to win it, just because Worm is such an obvious choice. But really, yeah. if we look at it, only one thing on this list has fundamentally changed our lives, and that's yeah. Worm. Like, I'm sorry, but it just is. Like, it's so. Yeah, it's I... clearly so fundamentally transformative to the way our lives have gone. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Like, I think... I agree. I, I'm on exactly the same page. I don't want to give it to Worm because it feels like the boring and obvious choice. But uh, as you said, you can't look at just our lives and our doof presence and not see the effect that entering um, the Wild Bow Nation has had on every part of our lives. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Congratulations, Worm. Yeah. You take it. You take the reigning champ award in the past four years. You've been the thing that we've... Uh... Has changed our lives more than anything else. Go read Pact or read Pale. Yeah, read Pale. It's great, everyone. Um, ah, and that's it, Elliot. The show's over. Yeah, oh, there's there's one more heading here. Mm. The final thing uh, to which be is, discussed. Yes, it's normally at this point that we would give you a clue as to the identity of the mysterious statistician. Um, <laughs> Doctor M. That was this week's clue. <laughs> the strange uh, media. Uh, Doctor M. Should we talk about where this came from? <laughs> Because I think if you listen to our other shows, you'll know that we never really have had outros. <laughs> but when we started doing Media MD, we it took us a few episodes, but we eventually got to the point of being like, "Hey, we need an outro. Like, we should have an outro, right? Like, something to say yeah. at the end of the show." And yeah, and so Ruben basically came to me and he said, "Hey, Elliot, don't don't worry about it. I'm going to do it. Just just get ready to answer my question." Yeah. Uh, and he didn't tell me what it was, and then he dropped the Doctor MD thing on me. Yep. And from then on. The, a the fake ARG of Dr. MD was born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that's a great. And, but there actually is an answer. Mm. To, the, the eternal to question who is, of who is Dr. MD and why is his blank and, so blank? And, and then that answer is um, whoever else uses my desk because I always just pick something that's on my desk and say that. Mm. And that's the answer. Um, yeah. So I guess, does that mean the answer's me? You're Dr. You've been Dr. MD <laughs> this whole time. What a shit twist. You think after spending four years analyzing media, we'd come up with better nah. writing? Nah. Nah. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> All right, folks. I mean, thanks for joining us on this fucking two and a half hour long finale. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of happy with this being the longest 
podcast episode we've ever done. Yeah, I think that feels appropriate. Yeah. I mean, apart from the 24-hour live stream, that was one big podcast episode. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> All that's right, a different, fair, that, fair enough. That's a whole different ballgame. Um, yeah, shit. Good app. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. <laughs> now we don't now have an we, outro. Yeah. <laughs> and who is Chief MD? <laughs> and why is her leg so long? Elliot, why don't you give the, the listeners this fortnight's clue? Uh, if you want more of us, listen to Pale Reflections or, um, yeah, check out the Doofcast. We'll be on there. That was a long clue. Yeah, but yeah it's a weird we'll clue see too. you next fortnight. Oh, that's no. so sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see, we'll see you, you next uh, time on our other podcasts. Yeah. Next in the next one. See you folks.